Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whenever you need sports, sports conference, tune in to the nosebleed seats. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Join Zach Wolchuk, Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the nosebleed seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone can afford to listen to. It is episode number 12 with our special guest today, Jeffrey Cavanaugh from the G-Bag Nation at 105.3. The fan. I'm your host, Zach Wolchuk, along with Eric Giafalo and our producer, Zach Babb. I hope everybody's having a good week. It is a special week, boys. Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. The draft's on Thursday. Mmm. It's draft week, baby. It's time to partay. Draft partay. Woo! Oh, get it, Wolchuk. I'm so excited right now. You're spinning your shirt around your head. Dude, dude I'm ready to strip in this room that right looks now. That good. Woo! Even Babs got some jiggle. Who doesn't love the draft? It's Man, like Christmas. It's better. It's better than Christmas. Did I say that? I did. You did. I commit. It is better than Christmas, It's baby. better than Hanukkah, too. Because it's, it's three. It's multiple days, right? It is. It's Thursday night. It's Friday night. And, of course, it is Saturday. Oh, and Saturday, the day you find the hidden gems, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Anthony Browns. I've been chubbing all week. The Dak Prescott's. Oh, what? That's where you really build your Super Bowl team. And we're going to talk with the draft boss, Jeffrey Kavanaugh, coming up in a little bit. Oh, I am chubbing so oh, hard. It's a loaded show today. We got a lot to go into. Draft-heavy show. We'll have Jeff on. We've got a camera crew in here. We do. Doing a little bit of a, a bit show on us, project, whatever. It is. It's pretty cool right now. I'm feeling like a rock star, Eric. I don't know about you. Yeah, man, we got cameras up in here right now. I feel I feel like by the end of the show, my diva tendencies are going to be coming out. I think so. Because I feel like I'm practically on TV right now. Yeah, I can That's already I tell. Yeah. The hair's almost undone, like no bun, anything. Oh. The locks are almost yeah. flowing. Well, and I didn't wear a shirt for a reason. Oh, uh, well, I could tell that. As oh, soon yeah. as I walked in, the room was definitely glistening like rainbows and unicorns. And it's chilly in here, baby. You know what that means. Nips in. You know it. Nips in and composedness. We got a loaded show. Going back to that, we got Jeffrey Cavanaugh coming on. We're going to do some Let's Get Weird. I got a special story about maybe an athlete, if you want to call him that, or a celebrity, or just a showman. Mm. Having a little poopy accident. Ooh, that's yes, never good. I'm excited. Yes, never good. And we're also going to do our annual nosebleed seats mock draft. Yes, special. Sir. I'm excited edition. for that too, baby. Oh, it's gonna get on. Maybe some weird names come up. We'll see where Malik Hooker goes. Oh, I cannot wait to see where Malik Hooker goes. Oh, I don't know. Is he one of your favorite players in this draft? Malik Hooker is certainly one of my favorites, but he's not my favorite safety. He's not. He's not. We'll get into that. Maybe a little bit with Jeff. He's probably got my favorite name though. He does. Hooker's unique. Can you imagine growing up with that name? With the last name Hooker? I mean, give me a break. That would be a nightmare. Would it be? Why? I mean, think about it in middle school. Imagine. I mean, your mom's name is Mrs. Hooker. 
That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Mr. Hooker? It just really connotes sex. Okay. Sex, Maybe that's Walchick. a little tease for something to come. Well, we I don't know. Keep it sexy. I would just love to know more sports names all throughout sports, the history of sports now and forever. Sports names, professional athletes that connote sex that way, like Malik Hooker's name does. Hmm. Interesting. Have you thought about this? Well, uh, a little bit. Did you think about that while you were taking your Wonderlick test? That's what I want to know. Perhaps I was. Have you taken a Wonderlick test? Actually, yes, I did take a Wonderlick test. Yeah? How'd it go? Uh, I got a 22. Okay, is that good or bad? 22 out of 50. Well, if you don't know what the NFL Wonderlick test is, uh, it is the test that they administer at the Combine, which it's, it's amongst many tests, but this is the only mental test that they really get put through, and it's uh, it's pretty extensive. It's 50 questions, but they only have 12 minutes to do it, Walchick. And uh, it was created by the United States Navy in 1936. So this thing goes way back. All right. But this this draft season, I've, I've gotten this term. Someone, I don't know who it was, but someone coined the term Wonderlick shaming. Interesting. That's like so 2017. Yes. Isn't other it? kinds of shames. Exactly. Shame. People are crushing shame. guys for getting. And, and it, everyone's always asked, you know, in the draft during the process, does the Wonderlick even matter? I don't think so. Okay, you don't think it matters. No, and you know what really I think the, the whole shaming thing came out of? Because we had Darren Ravel tweet out some results of some players in this draft that didn't do too well on their Wonderlicks. Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook got 11s on their Wonderlick. No bueno. And apparently there's a list of occupational comparisons depending on the score that you get based on what your job might be. So a 14 or below, your occupational comparison is a custodian. A 15, you're a warehouse man. A 17, you're a welder. 18, you're either going to work in maintenance or as a truck or a bus driver. 19, press man or a printer. 20, train conductor or a mail clerk or a football player. So you want to have at least a 20 or higher or you're not going to be a good football player. Well, then that means I'm a good football player, baby, because I scored a 22. I'm practically a genius. You know what, dude? Well, I think there's probably been a lot of football players that have been pretty darn good that have scored below a 20. All right, well, for those who don't know how they score this test. In fact, Deion Sanders got a 13. I just saw that. Oh, I bet. For the, if you don't know how they score this test, it's 50 questions. You get one point for every answer you get right. So if you got a 22 like I did, that means I got 22 of the questions right out of the 50. But you only have 12 minutes to do it, so you may not even have gotten to the last handful of questions. Who knows if you're not working fast enough. So that's just for a little reference on how they grade this sucker. But... I have a little something here that tells you uh, Paul Zimmerman. He wrote a book called The New Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football. And How he, old is this book? Um, I'm not as good of a journalist as I should be. That I is okay. no idea. That was on the spot. I put you in a position to lose. I apologize. Thanks for making me look bad, Walter. You always look good, buddy. You have a habit of doing that, You're the friend. better looking one between the two of us. So Paul Zimmerman averaged all the Wonderlick scores that have ever been done at the NFL Combine and divided them uh, by position groups. So he has each position group, what the average score is for each position. Walchick, when you think about football, what would you think would be, what, what position would grade the highest on average on this Wonderlick test, the mental test, right? Quarterback. Quarterback. You would be wrong. Oh. Not surprised. I'm wrong a lot. Offensive tackle. Really? Smartest players in football, okay. according to the Wonderlick. I could see that. If you take the Wonderlick seriously. I'm a former lineman. 
All right, so 26. In middle school. All right, so then, all right, then, Walchick, give me number two. You Give me number two. What's number two? Quarterback. Wrong. Again. Defensive line? Bad. Defensive line. Back to the offensive line. Center. Oh, we're staying with the linemen. Okay, I like it. So who knew mm. that our trench guys, our center, well, Travis Frederick's I could see a genius. Centers. You need to be able to call out, read a defense, make sure everybody's in the right area blocking scheme-wise. I could see centers being intelligent humans. All right, so we have 26 for offensive tackles, 25 for centers, and the average for a quarterback, which ranks third amongst all the averages, is 24. So hmm. quarterback's average... A 24 score on the Wonderlick. Well, then, let's look at this year's draft, right? The quarterbacks we have. You know, you know, and we got Deshaun Kaiser. We got Trubisky. We got Mahomes. For all you Mahomies out there. Deshaun Watson. You got Watson. You got Brad Kaya. So, let's look at it. Well, honestly, we can look at it. Who's your favorite? Watson, sure. Who's your favorite quarterback? Watson? Yeah, let's go Watson. All right. Well, that's funny you said that because Watson was 12th out of 12 quarterbacks i don't really care he scored the lowest 20 out of 50 that's below average for quarterbacks man what does that mean for your quarterback but at 20 is just what you need to be a football player according to the comparison that i just read you 20 is good you pass he's the only one out of the top guys that didn't that didn't score above Why the does average. It, what does it have to do with football, Eric? I don't know if it does or not. It doesn't. I don't think it does. It doesn't. I don't it's know stupid. if it does. Why do they do the test? Well, I think because you don't you don't get a high score on this test mm. if you're not smart. Yeah. So that's the first thing. So you can at least see some intelligence. If a guy gets a 31 on this test like Miles Garrett did, that means he's a freak show athlete, and he's also a pretty smart cat. Because okay. you can't be stupid and mm-hmm. score high on this test, Walchick. Gotcha. Now, I'm not saying you're stupid if you score low on this test, because this test doesn't determine all IQ and intelligence here. And it also may have nothing to do with football. Because I think what might be more important, get me up on the whiteboard. Let me see that football IQ. Oh, thank Let you. Let me get them X's. Let's deal Let with me something get that has to O's. do with football, it's baby. It's all about the hugs and kisses. And the hand pounds. X's and O's, baby. And the hugs. I want to know, especially for a quarterback, and yeah. I think of all positions, I think I would, if if you took away, if you took away the Wonderlick test, I think you would want to keep it for quarterbacks. Because that's the one position where at least I want to know somewhere where's your level of intelligence. All right, let's just see what we got working with here. Because you have to be intellectual in a way. Now, it's not, if you, if you score a four, like your boy Morris Claiborne, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, he scored a four. You know what that means? That means he might have spelled his name correctly at the top of the paper. Why are you Wonderlick shaming, Eric? Why are you shaming? This is hateful. All right, so you buy into it then. Yes, I do, because I personally don't think the Wonderlick means diddly-poo. I could freaking care less. Deion Sanders, arguably one of the best football players alive, definitely the best corner alive, got a 13. You think Deion Sanders is an unintelligent human being? I don't. I bet we could go and find a list of guys that did not score well that are now Hall of Famers in the league. I don't think it matters. And honestly, yeah, I kind of buy into the Wonderlick shaming thing. These things should be kind of kept a little more private. Let the teams know. Why the heck do we need to know? Okay, well, then why do we need to know about their 40-yard dash? You know what? Honestly, I just want to see how they played on tape. That's how I can tell if a player's good oh, or not. Oh, give me a break. That's bullcrap. You, yeah. you were in your underwear for 48 to 72 hours. It's football. Anything football related, I'm going to watch hands. it. Okay, you I'm going to watch you it. You were obsessed with the combine. But I don't care how many reps a cornerback does on the bench press. 
How many times is he exactly. going to be lifting 225 pounds in the air? That's fine. It's 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 an inexact science, obviously, but you take little pieces of everything. No, I don't know how much sure. the, the bench press translates to football. I don't know how much your 40 Eric, always does. What are you getting from the Wonder Lake that you can't get when you sit down and you meet with a guy and you have him come in and you put him on the board and you throw a bunch of information and random questions and see how he handles and absorbs it all that you're not getting from a stupid Wonder Lake that's asking him how to do 2 plus 2 and 5 divided by 7? Well, the twoest, the two lowest scores of Wonderlicks ever published. Morris Claiborne at four, Frank Gore with six. Okay, see, Frank so Gore's that's a perfect, damn good, and yes. Morris Claiborne just had his best year. Now, been a bust. I would say he's been underachieving for sure, but he's coming off a good year. He's had health issues. The jury's out still on Mo. Well, while you take a breather from yelling at me, I just want to thank the audience for listening to Nosebleed Seats here with Eric Chiafalo, Mr. Zach Walchick, and producer Bab. We're going to be riding with you for a while. We got Kavanaugh coming on. I'm chubbing mad hard. I am too. I've been chubbing for a week because I always do a week before the draft. Duh. But the fact that we're getting Hefe on. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's cool. The boss. Jeff, for those of you that are unaware, Jeffrey Kavanaugh, 105.3 The Fan, the last couple of years, him, Kevin Turner, KT Fun Tweets, Brian Broaddus, a former scout of the Dallas Cowboys, won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Now he works with DallasCowboys.com, and he does some work with us at 105.3 The Fan. Dane Brugler, one of the best draft minds around with CBS Sports. They all get together. They watch a bunch of tape. They come together. They make their own big board. They go through things. They're just, it's a draft mosh pot of excellence, and I can't wait to pick the brain of Jeffrey Kavanaugh, who's been kind enough to come on the show and join us. So I think the moment's about here. Let's dial him up. Let's get him on. I know Jeff's at the Rangers game, so if we have a little bit of background noise, eh, just bear with us. I'm sure he's having a good time. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. So we're going to get into I'm freaking out a little bit. draft questions. Don't worry. It's going to be draft heavy, but we got a little surprise for Jeff early on to open him up. Open him up like a book. Why am I so nervous? I'm sweating, Walchuk. Don't be nervous. It's getting misty in here, or musty, a little bit earlier than usual. Hopefully he answers. All right, we're dialing up Kavanaugh. Ring, ring, ring. He's going he's gonna to stiff us. I told him 9.15. We're like two minutes early. You have reached the voicemail box of... We'll call two, back. We'll call one, back. Four, four, one. All right. Plan A did not work. What is plan B? Well, he's at the game. Backup cell he's phone. he's probably knocked in a couple of booze, some booze cruising. I'm pretty sure he's probably in a suite. You have to. In order to get through nine innings of baseball, if you don't have an oh. alcoholic beverage in your hand, it I don't know what you're doing. It makes the game more enjoyable. And some stuff might be going on. So let's, let's give him a ring back. No, let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Because right now, well, what time is it? I shot right him a text. Second? I said, look, we're calling. It's 914. Let's okay. give him another till 915. Okay. Out of respect to the boss. Okay. Fair enough. Man, this is fun. Have you prepared some draft questions? Mm. What I'm really interested is to see what he thinks about your singing from last week's episode. Are you really going to do that? I touched myself. Yeah, I think that I look, I know Jeff is a big Mariah Carey fan. When I was interning with G-Bag over the summer, Mike Bassick, we did a game called Remote Control. And I'd go through and Mike would give me a category of Mariah Carey or Madonna or Taylor Swift songs. And the next thing you know, we're playing them and you got to fill that tune. Jeff was not shy at all about busting out the tunes and singing some Mariah Carey. And I'll tell you what. I love it. The guy can sing. It's entertaining. Kevin all can sing. So I think he's, yeah, wow. you know, it's debatable. I wouldn't say that he's... 
Some people might enjoy it. I enjoy it. Listen, if he has good taste in music, he he's obviously going to enjoy what you have to play for him. I think he's going to love it. All right, let's dial him up. On the nosebleeds. Now, if safe he doesn't space, answer the second time, it's going to be a little embarrassing. This is the nosebleeds safe space hotline. It is. Let's dial him up. Sweating. Don't, why are you sweating? Profusely. It does get hot musty. Musty. It does. Thank God I'm not wearing a shirt. I know we're going to sound weird, by the way, when you listen to this. Just how it goes on the phone. We sound a little different. Pick up. What if we were in an emergency? Gee, I don't know. This guy. Is he shaming? You have reached He's the voicemail box. Oh my God. He's shaming us right one, now. Four, four, is this really one, happening? Seven, this four, is really seven, happening right this now. This is happening in real time. We are getting stood up. Has, uh, that How is unbelievable. Gosh, I feel like I'm this sitting. This is what it feels like. I am literally sitting at a table on Valentine's Day with roses, waiting for the love of my life to come join me over a beautiful, beautiful meal. And I am sitting there for an hour waiting for. Bab, are you dialing the right number? Bab, is this your fault? He just said call again. All right. So this can send me a text back. It's okay. He didn't hear it. He's at a live sporting event. Is it a little embarrassing? Sure. What can you do? Wow. He's a busy man. He's enjoying the Rangers game. I hope the Rangers are winning. All right. That's two strikes. You guys are baseball fans. This is our third. This one's going to be knocked out of the park. I don't know if we're going to get another opportunity. This one is history. This is everything I ever wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Hello. And joining us now on Nosebleed Seats is the true draft boss, the father of Jeffrey Time, the G-Bag Nation's own Jeffrey Kavanaugh. Jeff, how are you doing? Hey, everybody. I'm sorry if it's loud. The it's... Ranger game hasn't been loud until right now because the top race is happening and people are really excited about the top race. Who's winning? Uh, man, I was walking the steps. I hope green. I'm a big green guy, but I think he's had a rough year so far. I'm not sure. What are the reasons you're pro-green, Jeff? Uh, you know, I just think between blue and red and green, I think green really stands for something, you know? I agree with you. Blue is what you say when you're sad. Uh Red is an angry color, and green is money, which I don't have very much of, so I want it. We're all trying to get more green, that's for damn sure. We're sitting in the nosebleeds for a reason, Kavanaugh. That's right. Everybody can afford to be here, so... Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Giafalo. Jeff, before we get into some massive draft talk here, I know you've only got a short amount of time to spend with us. I want to get your opinion on this. I know you've been known to bust a tune every once in a while, especially when some Mariah is played to your ears. What do you think about this? Is this the worst singing you've ever heard in your life? Wait, the worst what? The worst singing ever. Ah, man, there's a lot of really bad music. No, right here, right now. You tell us. No, I think this sounds really good. Beautiful voice, right? No, yeah, I think that's that's angelic. Yeah. Wait for the high note, baby. Yeah, Jeff knows it. Yeah, baby. Did you dig that? All right, scale of one to ten, how bad was that? Dang it. They're being loud again. It's okay. I'm the worst. Stupid baseball fans. Yeah, I mean, we're losing nine to one. Oh, my God, it's nine to one. Oh, it's awful. It's Jeff, so how did it get so bad? It was two to nothing. 
Last time I, I checked. I don't know. I mean, the cash drawer happened, and then after that, the bass happened, and then that was kind of where we are. Oh, dear Lord. Next thing you know, it's 9-1. to one. I can't believe you're still there, man. You're a true fan. Oh, uh, I didn't drive. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd, have, I'd, I'd have been gone at 2 nothing. That's insurmountable for this team. All right, Jeff, let's just dip right into some draft rapid fire here. I think the hot news of the day is the Gary and Connolly stuff, alleged possible rape scenario. Is this going to be like a Lyle Collins or team's going to be afraid and stay away from Gary and Connolly now, and then he can just fall into the Cowboys' laps as an undrafted free agent? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how far he falls. I think he could be an undrafted free agent, which is amazing considering you're talking about a probable top 15 pick. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to say anything one way or another before you know if the accusation is accurate or not, because if it's accurate, well, then he's a piece of garbage and he deserves everything that's coming to him. But if it's not, and we've seen this before, and it's somebody with an agenda that's being vindictive, then I hope that they get the same punishment that he would get if he was guilty of the crime, which they don't, and it's backwards. But, you know, from a Cowboys standpoint, it's tough because you're you're less than 48 hours from the draft, and now everybody's got to scramble to try to get definitive information. You can't you can't go and think you're leaning one direction or another, and then it turns out you drafted a guy that's about to uh, face charges for for rape. That's nobody's nobody's going to do that. No, it's so just unless, a- unless you can get a definitive answer within 48 hours, and people couldn't with Lyle. That's what happened with Lyle Collins. Mm-hmm. Nobody had enough time to get uh, definitive information, and so. This is a little different because his agent said don't draft him because he won't play for you. It's not going to be the top three rounds. But I do think this is similar in that if you don't know enough, you can't pick it. And if that happens, I think the Cowboys generally become a front runner because Jerry Jones is the best salesman in sports. If you're a free agent, he's going to get you. What about some of the other players that have had this issue with the supplement, a little too much water in their piss test with Reuben Foster and Jabril Peppers and – I think Caleb Brantley also had an issue recently with domestic violence. Are these guys, is Reuben Foster, let's say he's sitting there at 28, do you think he's even going to fall that far? And would the Cowboys just run that card in if he's there? I don't know. I tried to ask Stephen Jones today about Jalen Smith because, you know, he moves his toes. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal these days. He can move a toe. Hell, that drop foot. Which means nothing in terms of playing football, but it is big progress from a guy who couldn't do that before. So it's a good sign, but. You know, I, I was trying to get Stephen Jones to tell me if they were out of the market for a linebacker. But he kind of went company line with, hey, we're never out of the market for a great player. So with Reuben Foster, I think you're in the same spot as you're in with Jabril Peppers, except Jabril Peppers is a bad football player. Uh, so he doesn't matter. For him, Amen. it would knock him from fourth round <laughs> off my board. It's like, I'm not going to bother with you. But with Reuben Foster, I think at 28, I would consider it because the Jalen Smith thing is totally uncertain to me. Mark Zacha is not a starting NFL middle linebacker. So... If Ruben Foster's hanging around, his best spot is the same one Lee plays, where it's sort of the weak side linebacker, just seek and destroy and find the ball. But in today's NFL, you play so much nickel because everybody uses so many receivers, and it's really just two linebackers. I want two that can run, tackle, and cover. And I think he does fit into that mold where he's a top 10 or so player, but he's physically banged up. A lot of family guys are when they come out. And so he's got some, some medical issues, a shoulder and now he's got this where, if you believe him, he tells you, listen, here's what happened. I was sick. I had to rehydrate. Coaches wanted me to weigh a certain amount, and I didn't want to come in under that, so that's what happened. If you believe it, then I think he is worth that ticket 28. The problem is if you believe it and you're wrong, you come into the league in the drug program, 
if you're not in the program, it's easy. You know, 60% of the league smokes, and that might be a low number. And 1% fails the drug test because they know it's coming. If you're in the program, you can't smoke because you can be tested any day as many times as they want. That's just – so if it turns out he is a weed guy, then you can screw yourself by picking him. So I think for this team, you might just take him off the board. You might because you don't want another Gregory situation. But talent-wise, man, he is certainly worth that pick. I'm with you 100% on Foster. I think he's a stud. I think he'd play any linebacker position. I'm more curious, though, Jeff. Is there anything more annoying than turning on the film of the Houston Cougars defense and having to watch Tyus Bowser, the freak show pass rusher, have to drop into coverage like 97 times a game? Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think he and T.J. Watt are similar in that regard, where T.J. Watt was asked to do something that he was really good at, but once you saw how he measured athletically at the combine, it was like, holy cow, how good could he be? How good could he be if you just put his hand on the ground and let him go? Just wind him up and let him go. And Tyus Bowser's the same way. We just watch him rush as the passer. The athletic ability is there. The explosive up the field, the ability to bend, the ability to win a hand fight. Everything you want is there, except for seeing him do it a whole lot on tape. He only got to do it a little bit. But, yeah, that, I think that's one of the – Maybe the last pass rusher name to think of at 28, if you can't get your Tack McKinley, your T.J. Walker, Charles Harris, but Tyus Bowser is there, I think that's probably the last pass rusher guy you think about there. Where do you think Derek Rivers goes in this draft, Jeff? Uh, I think that's a toss-up on if he's a Cowboy consideration at 60 or if you think about him in a trade-back scenario. I think that's sort of his sweet spot is second round. It's hard to say. There are some guys that are really big fans of this. The Cowboys are fans of this. I just don't know if that means fans at 28, because I think there's guys out there with better tape than this. I think he's more of a consideration if he makes it to 60, which is tough to do in today's NFL because pass rushers are quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks are the most important thing in the world. Pass rushers are a reasonably close second. So they get snapped up pretty quick. I don't want them at 28. If I can get him to fall to 60, now we're good. Back to T.J. Watt. I know we were talking about moving from outside linebacker to your hand on the ground. The closer we get to Thursday night and the players that could be available and less tax there, I think T.J. Watt's become my man crush that I want the Cowboys to walk away with the 28. I think he fits what Rod Marinelli wants to do perfectly. Is that a good eye or a bad eye on my part? What do you think there? I think it's a good eye. I think because when you watch him play, I think he's a fairly safe pick. Yeah, it's not totally safe as a pass rusher because it is a projection from what he was asked to do in college. But when you watch him in college, for a guy who's only played defense for, I believe, 18 months, he's pretty new to this. But you would have no idea of that when you just watch him play. I think in Wisconsin, they do a great job of coaching their outside linebackers because you watch the Eagle on the other side, and it's a less athletic mirror image, but they're so good at using their hands, extending on linemen, and then shedding them. And for a guy who's 6'4", 252, he grabs a hold of 300-pounders, and he keeps himself clean. So, as a run defender, I think you feel better about him than you do about a lot of the pass rushers. And then you're just looking at his combine, the way he measured athletically, where he's in one of the top few percentiles in the league as a pass rushing type of guy in terms of athleticism. So, you look at that, and I think it's just a matter of if he makes it. I don't think they would hesitate at all to pick T.J. Watt if he's there. I just wonder if he'll be there because he appeals, I think, to all teams. And the Cowboys are going to look at him as a defensive end at 4-3. Some 4-3 teams might not because not everybody runs the same kind of deal. The Cowboys just want an athlete. They don't care if it's 250 pounds. They want you to turn your back and go. A lot of teams want different things, but three, four teams are going to view him as an outside linebacker, and they can snap him up too. So it's just a matter of if he can make it. 
All right, Jeff, good eye, bad eye. Blair Brown, linebacker out of Ohio, will be the best inside linebacker in this class when it's all said and done. I'm hesitating for a reason. I'm trying to think who I consider an inside linebacker. Well, maybe uh, Foster. What about Zach Cunningham? Cunningham, Davis. Yeah, I don't I, – I hesitate to say he'll be the best. I think he might be the best value, depending where he goes, because it's a good eye in terms of player. Blair Brown's unreal. The only thing holding him back is that he played at the University of Ohio or Ohio University, whatever, and that he's not six foot tall, but instinctually punishing people, beating linemen to the punch, being unblockable at the second level. He's a stud. I, I wonder where the NFL is going to value him. That's the kind of guy that I would love if he made it to 92. And then if you don't trust Jalen Pell, you snap that dude up. And I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. But I love Gerard Davis. I love Zach Cunningham. There's a, there's a pretty good group of guys there, and he's the one that has that one shortcoming that will cause him to probably not be in consideration at the same place. I think Davis might go in the first. I think Cunningham's got a chance to go in the first. And I think Blair Brown's probably a three or four in terms of the round. But I think he's an NFL starter, and I think he's got a chance to be a good one. All right, I got a small school guy for you. His name's David Jones, free safety out of Richmond. I think he's a good player, but I only got to watch like one game because that the, Richmond just has no film for, to be able to watch. But do, do you know anything about him? Maybe you've watched more tape. You get your hands uh, on more stuff. If, uh, if I had wanted to see him, I would have access to his tape. But he just cut this out of the dang podcast. I haven't seen him. Uh, <laughs> on day three of the draft when we're broadcasting, that'll be a time when I'll say, now, Dane, and we'll have Dane Brugler sitting there, and I'll be like, tell him about this guy because Dane's got about 1,100 guys done. I'm at about 240. Okay, Jeff, what about Tarek, Tarek Cohen, the North Carolina A&T running back? I think he could fill a Lance Dunbar role for the Cowboys if they wanted another running back on the roster. Have you looked at him at all? Yes, that's my dude. Yeah, he's a uh, badass, so right? Yeah, here's the thing. I like my running back to be five foot six. I do. I think he's Aaron Sproles' life because it's, it's tough because his level of competition is terrible at North Carolina A&T. It looks like I looked in sixth grade when I was a little bit faster <laughs> than everybody else before they caught up where it's, it's just it's kind of unfair. He can make 11 people miss and just run circles around people, and so it just looks unfair. But he's got to catch the ball with his human joystick. Uh, he's stronger than you would think he is when they say 5'6", 175, or whatever he weighs in at. That lower body is strong. He does bounce off tackles. And every defender now, NFL linebackers, they want you to be 6'2", 240. All right, well, 6'2", 240, Go chase 5'6", 175. It's like telling one of us, hey, go catch that rabbit. Good luck, dude. Like, I, I think that he's going to be successful, and I would love to have him as your sort of, hey, you're going to get six touches a game while Zeke gets 25. I would love for him to be that guy. Yeah, you said you used to have a little bit of speed. I know you play a little receiver. Do you think the uh, Patriots could get, like, a uh, Wes Welker-type season out of you? Uh, me? I think I could probably go for, let's see, the problem is the problem for me would be the pain pill addiction, and I'd have to write a book afterwards. I feel you. But I think I could probably go for probably 105 catches for 1,300 and probably 10 or 12 touchdowns. I'm with but you. That's a, but that's also that's six hydrocodone a week, so at that's least. Rough. And I wouldn't practice. No, no. Well, studs don't have to practice, Kavanaugh. No, no, no. Practice is just wear and tear on the knees. Yeah. It's more painkillers. Take no, that Wednesday off. Right? No need for that. Hey, hey, Jeff. Good eye, bad eye. Baseball needs to shorten its season to a total of 69 games per season. Wait, what is this? Good eye, bad eye. Baseball, Major League Baseball, needs to shorten its season to a total of 69 games per season. Um, why'd you pick that number, Gronkowski? 
Who? What? Uh, uh, no. My answer is no. Uh, I'm a baseball fan, so I like the 162. You know, if you're not a baseball fan, then you want a whole bunch less games. You want the games to be two hours. But I don't think those people really want to watch baseball anyway. I'm fine with the way it is. And the reason you can't change it is because of records. I know you've gone from 154 to 162 at some point, but it's like, you know, the record books matter. And how's anybody going to get 3,000 hits? How's anybody going to get into the 700 home run club if I'm playing 69 games a year? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, hey, Eric's steroids. a baseball hater. Bring the steroid era back, man. That's how you do it, Jeff. Man, you know how many steroids you need to have a All less than 70 game season and hit 700 home runs? Lots of shots career? in the hiney. We got a. We got to have really bad pitching, too. Let's get Mike Bassick back out there. <laughs> I think Bassick can do it. Jeff, I got to ask you about Justin Evans. Good eye, bad eye here. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's a very good football player. I think he takes bad angles. I'm scared, and I've heard his name and seen his name mocked to the Cowboys a lot. Do you think he's better than I do, or are we on the same page here? I don't know. Where do you think you should draft him if you were going to draft him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him. All Ever? right. Well, then you, then you have him graded the exact same as I do. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, it's tough because I want to like all the guys that are in state because the parents might be listening. You know, these guys have families. I'm sure he's Justin a great Evans, guy. He, Justin Evans is the worst tackler I've ever seen in the sport of football at any level. Uh, and, and again, I go back to sixth grade. There were some kids that took bad angles on me, and I had speed, but not like Justin Evans. He'd be great if football was a game where there was a rule that you're not allowed to change direction. Unfortunately, people do change direction a lot, and that means that he's going to run by where they were going. So he has ability, he can cover. He's a missile. He will destroy you and not fall out if you just run in a straight line. But if you change direction, the dude is lost. And I've seen that. I've seen that with J.J. Wilcox. It took four years for him to figure out how to tackle. How long is it going to take somebody that's worse than you? I don't know. Well, Jeff, what's your what's just your paint me your nightmare scenario for the Cowboys in round one? What's just what's the worst thing that could happen? Obi Melifonwu, the safety from the University of Connecticut. Wow. Because he has all the measurables. He went and he blew up the combine, but he doesn't play like that. He's 6'4", 220. I get it. He had 120 tackles. He had four interceptions. He's on a bad defense. He made a bunch of tackles for a 12-yard game. But instinctually, I think he's a kick slow. He doesn't hit like he's 220. Uh, it, it's weird because he's got pretty good movement skills for a guy his height. I think he's actually 6'5", 465. But you don't see a lot of safeties at that size in the NFL, and it's for a reason. The Cowboys had one once. His name was Pat Watkins. He was terrible. Uh, so my fear is, because he was on their 30 visit list, that he may be a threat to get hit. But I just can't see him as a first-round value. On tape, I thought he was a third-round player. And if I see him get picked in the first round, I'm just going to shake my head. I don't want a workout work. Byron Jones is a workout work. You know what else he had? First-round tape. So when it got to time for the pick, we called Byron Jones. We thought it was gonna, he would be the pick, and we were happy with the pick. He had first-round tape and a great workout. I don't like the guys who are late-day two players that have a great workout and get picked in the first round. No thanks. What about Joe Mixon? I know you're a big fan. I don't know how anyone's not a fan if you just watch him as a football player. you think Mixon sneaks into the first round? I'm trying to think who would be the threat. Green Bay, maybe, at 29? He would change their team. Uh, it would be a great pick for them. But I think, realistically, I think his floor is the second round with either Minnesota, Indianapolis, uh, Philadelphia, or Cincinnati. Oh, I think please, no Philly. Go, I think he'll go early second round to Cincinnati. But I think a team like the Packers or the Giants, they should pick him in the first round. If you're going to have him on your board, there's no reason to wait. 
you're already going to be getting a better running back than the guy who's going to go number two overall or number four overall. Or You're going to get the best running back in the draft. If, if he's on the board, you should pick him. And teams are going to. There's going to be somebody who has Joe Mixon on their board. They're going to pick Fournette or they're going to pick McCaffrey or they're going to pick Dalvin Cook. And they're going to intentionally pick a worse player. And I think if you do that, you should immediately be fired. A player I am very uneducated on is Malik McDowell, and I know he's high on your ratings. He's a top 10 player on your board, and the Cowboys have been rumored to be very interested in McDowell. Tell me a little bit about him, and do you think he'll be there at 28, and are the Cowboys going to take him? Yeah, I think he's one of the wild cards because I think uh, Malik McDowell is a guy that we thought, he was listed at, I think, like 276 pounds. So he's 6'5", 6'6". We thought he was playing at about 275. Then you get to the combine, it turns out he's 300 pounds. And the way that he moves on pace, just how powerful he is, how he can win with hands, with power, with quickness, that's a dude that can line up and play end. He can line up and play defensive tackle, and I think it's a game changer. I think I have him at, like, number seven or so on my overall board. And he's 20 years old. His problem is maturity, according to people around the Michigan State program. His problem is that when he got banged up and it was towards the end of the year, he shut it down and he decided not to play. So people call him a quitter, and if that's going to rub off on NFL coaches, I'll take the 20-year-old who's not that mature, and I'll believe Rod Marinelli can motivate him, and you'll get a top-10 talent at 28. You know, sometimes you get tired of teams taking risks where they don't pan out, but that's one of those where I think that the talent dictates that it's worth Because if you hit, you get a top-5 or 10 player, and you get him picking at the end of the first round. That's huge. Jeff, what's better, draft day or Christmas? Uh, draft day. Yeah, draft is much better. Yeah, it's three days. Exactly, right? It's the 72-hour thing. I get to enjoy it for three days in a row. It's amazing. I've been chubbing for a week now. Yeah, Christmas is just three hours with your family, and then you got to figure out what bars are going to be open. Like, you can do that any day. Couldn't have said it better myself. I love yeah. it. Draft day is the best day. Jeff, real quick before we let you go, what are your first three rounds for the Cowboys in a perfect world? You're coming away with three players. Who are those three? And... Who's your favorite player in this draft? I think I know the answer, but our listeners probably don't. Uh, okay, dream draft. First round, I'm going to say Tack McKinley, the Ooh. defensive end from UCLA. I love it. I'll say, I'll say that's my dream for sure. People don't realize this. So he had surgery for a torn labrum, and people are holding against him. Like, oh, my God, he might start the season on puff. He might miss six weeks. It's a five-year pick. And here's the thing about his shoulder. He was hurt for two years, and he didn't know it. For two years, he was playing football basically with one arm. How good can he be when he gets two? So, Tack McKinley will be my one. My two is going to be Keith Tabor, if I can get his 4-6-40 to make him fall, the cornerback from Florida because he's an awesome player and he plays faster than he got time. And my third round is Xavier Woods, safety from Louisiana Tech. You my get it. favorite player in the draft is Desmond King from Iowa. Oh, okay. He is awesome. Desmond King is an inch too short. He is a tenth of a second too slow for what they consider NFL cornerback. But he's scrappy. He is scrappy. He's the most physical player I've watched, uh, even more so than Marlon Humphrey at Alabama. Uh, he tackles everything. He's afraid of nobody. He covers well in man or zone. I think if he can't make it at corner, you slide him over to safety at five. Let's get physical, and baby. From there, he can cover, and he will fight anyone. I want him on my tic-tac-toe team. I want him on my cornhole team. I want him on any <laughs> team I have. That dude is a grinder. He's a badass. But not like the app. Oh, no, not like the app. 
That's only a Tuesday thing for me. Yeah, and he's not yeah. near as good as the app. No. What about no. Carlos? You mentioned a lot of tech product. What about Carlos Henderson, the wide receiver? He torched my North Texas Mean Green when they came to Denton this year. That dude's an underrated player. You think Carlos Henderson's in the mind of the Cowboys at all? No, because I think if you're going to pick a receiver and you're the Cowboys, it's either going to be later rounds. Well, I guess it depends where you're talking about him dropping to because I think I have him higher than anyone I've seen in the draft community. I have him, I think, at, like, number 28 overall. I've got him as my fourth best wide receiver. Oh, wow, you do. Because, because after the catch, he's the best receiver in this draft class. He averaged, like, two-point-something broken tackles per catch. He just he doesn't go down. He's so explosive after he gets the ball. And it's not like he's blazing speed. It's not like he has measurable, amazing quickness. He's just kind of bursty and tough, and he finds a way to stay up. So I think he's like a faster Jarvis Landry would be his feeling. A, a little bit faster Jarvis Landry. Like, he's just a tough dude that's going to catch everything and do whatever you want him to do. I just don't know how far he falls. I think if you're the Cowboys, you made it to 92, maybe you consider him. Because you've got your wide receivers. You've got all five right now on rosters. So the only one that I think about early, if he drops, is if for some reason the world lets Corey Davis get to 28. Then I burn my draft plan I pick him. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know you were at the Ranger game. This has been awesome. We've loved having you on. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. Well, UNC is a pipeline to 105.3 fans, so I just wanted to secure that bridge so that you guys can come over and get a full-time job as soon as you're done. Oh, Heck. my God. I love you so much. I'm part-time, but I'd love to move over to full-time with you, brother. Yeah, we're trying to get we're trying to get a show. We're trying to get you guys. I mean, we have an open slot from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Monday through Friday. We you will know, take we go, that we slot. We go live and local all day. Hey, tell Spittle, Tim Collins, if you're listening, we're in, baby. Done. Done. All right, I'm going back to my beer. Love right, you. Take care, Jeff. We love you. Oh, I just want to kiss you, Jeff. Oh, heck yeah. 1 to 5 a.m. Nosebleed seats. He said it. On 105.3 The Fan. We're moving to the big show, baby. Gosh, that was fun. I could have done that for hours. I could have, too. And honestly, he stayed a lot longer than initially I expected. I just I could have asked him a gajillion more questions. I just didn't want to take up too much of his time. I think we took up quite a bit, but he was good. He was good. He was fun. I don't know if he really heard my crappy singing voice. Do you think he even heard that? I think that caught him off guard completely. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, and it's tough probably on the phone. He's at a sporting event. He's trying to transition. He was probably like, what the hell's going on? But he picked on quick, as Kavanaugh does. He's a witty man. He's a good man. Gosh, that was good. A lot of draft talk, a lot of insight. And Cowboys fans must be just loving it right now because they just got more insight than they could ever dream of. Thank you, Jeff Cavanaugh, joining us on Nosebleed Seeds Podcast with producer Bab, Eric Chiafalo, and Zach Walchuk. Wow, that was good. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm, Do you feel? I feel like more knowledgeable now. And I honestly don't think we are idiots. I think we kind of held our own in knowing some of these guys. And we're on the same page with, in my opinion, one of the best young draft minds around. Oh, no question. And I know KT doesn't like Charles Harris, who is a guy I'm a little iffy on. I didn't even want to bring that up to Jeff. That's one I forgot Chuck. about. Chuck Harris? Yeah, I don't know. Charles Harris, to me, is like a maybe kind of guy. And I, I say, like, we watch the tape. The only thing I'm able to get my hands on is draft countdown or draft breakdown, whatever it is. And essentially, it's just cuts of these players when they're actually on the field, and it's maybe three games. Charles Harris is an athletic guy that I like. I think he's got a lot to work with. But he's just kind of a guy that he's almost there. He gets He's almost sacking the quarterback. He's almost making a tackle in the backfield. That's just from what I've seen. Maybe there's other tape out there that's better. 
but he's an. I, I wouldn't be super excited if he was the Cowboys pick at twenty eight. I think he's ideally a three four rusher, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think he's better suited. He's a big body. Yeah, I think he, I just think he fits the mold more of a three four outside linebacker as opposed to the to the defensive end. But I think he could he could do both, and he's. He's got good pass rushing ability, but like you said, he's just he's the almost guy. He almost gets there all the time, but you can see it, and Marinelli can probably do a lot with him. Yeah. He can figure it out. This is true. This but is I, th I think the one thing we can take from Kavanaugh is there are options. Like there are there are good players. There's not like one, there's not only one or two guys that you have to have, or otherwise the night sucks. I mean, you can there's a handful of guys. He mentioned a ton of DBs and he mentioned a ton of pass rushers. I think one of them's gonna fall into the lap and you just figure out who it is. It's we just scratched the surface on the DBs. Even we didn't even go through the list of corners. And he mentioned Marlon Humphrey right there at the end. Marlon Humphrey's a guy I've seen go in the top ten in certain mocks, and then in the second round and others. That's a polarizing figure. People are all over the board on what they think about Marlon Humphrey, whether they like him or they don't like him. I think he's pretty good. I think he's a physical player. Comes up and tackles. But the knock on him that I've seen and heard is he can get caught deep behind you. He'll let some receivers slip behind him, and he'll give up some big plays. I just noticed something. There's another guy in the draft. All right, get this. What do you think about this? Does this does this connote sex enough for you, like Malik Hooker? Oh, you perv. Does it? No. Well, I, I've just been on this thing, oh, and I just realized. Name? Tight end out of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Going to get drafted. Oh. Jake Butt. The Buttskies. That I works. Jake Butt. I think Jake Butt's a good player. That connote. Yeah, Bab liked it. Hey. All right, Jake Butt. So we got one. Malik Hooker and Jake Butt. Connoting sex all over the place. Those are two players within this draft that definitely connote sex. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head here, just trying to think Anything? of some other guys from the draft. I've got Dick Butkus. I'm talking He's a Hall of Famer. Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. Oh, that's a good one. Huh? Man. How about that one? That's actually incredible. That does. You. I don't think. I think if you go all in with Dick Butkus, I don't think we could find a better one than that. Dick Butkus. I'm going to be looking. All right. So we got a couple. Am I supposed to be thinking of this now? I mean, yeah, is I this just where, think, we're, where we're trying to go with this? I, I just feel like we should, uh, if, if if a name pops in your mind, and we're going all sports, all history, now, in the past, if you feel like somebody's name connotes sex, just shout it out, and Bab will give you the go-ahead, or maybe he'll tell you you suck. <laughs> just like that. Okay, all right. So um, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just see how it goes. How about B.J. Johnson? Mm. Former receiver? Mm. No? B.J.? Are you kidding me? No, I think that's a good one. Oh. B.J. Penn, B.J. Raji. A lot of B.J.'s. B.J. Raji. Tons of B.J.'s. BJ, I don't know why B.J. Johnson. I live with a hardcore Texas fan, former Texas receiver, so B.J. Johnson for some reason. B.J.'s for everyone. Chris Chester. Chesties? Huh? Mm. Yeah, I'm with you, Bab. Okay, All that's right. not that's not that's not one. Well, that's I not suck. One. I suck. What else? That's you right. got? Keep thinking. Just just keep thinking. And if you have any more, just shout them out, and we'll see if Bad gives you the uh, the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I'll be doing the same thing. I just need to think of some about. Uh, ooh, what about the? Uh, there's there's a coach in the NFL. His name's Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah. Is this a bit? Jim Bob Cooter. Is this a damn bit? What do you mean? Eric's gonna say his names and we ding. Wolchuk says over here, and nah, no, nah, screw you. Yeah, you should give me something good, and I'll oh, ping you. Said, you. You said Chester, bro. I said Dick Butkus. That trumps all the names. I pinged you for Dick Butkus. You got a ding for You're that. Right. You're right. I got a ding for Butkus. Anyway, so I'm just going to be, just at any moment in time, Bab, just be ready. I may shout out a name, Wolchuk, if you think of something. Just shout it out. I just think it'd be fun. Okay. Names, professional athletes' so names that connote sex. sexual innuendo names the rest of the show. They're just going to come in your ear holes left field. Thank you, Malik Hooker. We'll see what happens. And Jake Butt. All right. Breaking across from that, you're listening to Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Giafalo, Bab, our producer. 
I think it's time we transition to a little segment we like to call Let's Get Weird. Let's just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. right now i've oh. had the draft chub all week i got a little bit of weird with walt chuck chub going on right now so on this edition of let's get it weird with walt chuck episode number 12 of nosebleed seats as mm. i break into an accent here of which proportions i'm not sure is it british is it australian don't be so obtuse don't be daft governor you guys know I went to South Africa, and I am South African. Yes, you are our resident South African-American Jew. Yes. Who is Caucasian. Jewish man that is Caucasian. Zach Walchick, ladies and gentlemen. I scrambled across a story, actually even a bit of audio, that was taken from the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling? You listen to wrestling podcasts? I don't really listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, but this one caught my eye because the tagline said... The Big Show once crapped his pants in the ring, and he's not ashamed to tell the tale. <laughs> and then the first line of the story was, in quotes, it happened in South Africa, the food was bad. Oh, no! So I think it just comes full freaking circle, baby. It's a funny, weird story, and it has to do with South Africa and the food. It's the homeland, baby. Oh, it's beautiful. So Wait, did you crap your pants when you had all the South African food a few weeks ago? If I'm being full disclosure... I almost did have one accident. Okay. I got back to the uh, hotel just in time, mm -hmm. but it was one of those, you know, you unleash and just eruption. It was a bad time. Maybe too much detail, but we've all been there, baby, so no shame. There's no poo shaming here. You can wonder lick shame all you want. <laughs> no poo shaming. Don't bring this poo shaming into my house. All right, so you didn't crap your pants, but the big show did? The big show did, and I think... The best is to just let the big show tell his story. So he's on this podcast, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Let's hear the first portion of the story from the big show on how he pooed his pants in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Food poisoning it, has got to be the worst. You talk about the Undertaker having food poisoning. Yeah, Have you ever gotten so. sick before you had to? That's my oh, greatest yeah. fear is having to shit right before I got to work. Well, it's happened in the ring. I have, it happened in South Africa when I was wrestling Brock Lesnar. The food was bad and... I took an, uh, I started taking Germans in his comeback, and that was all she wrote. <laughs> oh, no. And then Brock. So, you know what a, a German suplex is when, uh, so, so Big Show will have his back to Brock's stomach, and Brock will have his arms wrapped around him, and he's suplexing him over his that, head like that. Uh, I think it was two Germans in a belly to belly, and, and Brock started laughing. He goes, hoo, 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 <laughs> poop yourself, and he didn't say poop. I went, yeah. Asked him, just <laughs> mouth. can I get an F5 and get the hell out of here? What's an F5? Uh, F5 is his finish. So he, the shoulder and gives you like a helicopter spin. Okay. But he's still, now you got to take this giant man <laughs> who's got shit in his pants oh, and yeah. put him up on your shoulders. Well, that's the thing. Just because I shit myself, Brock thought it was hysterical. He's he laughing it. at me the whole time. So then we used to do a spot where I would carry Paul Heyman to the back because mm -hmm. then he would have five Paul Heyman leave us in the ring. Because uh -huh. this is when I beat Brock and then Paul Heyman had turned on him and. So there was a lot right. of heat between so us. This is Brock Lesnar's right. first first sure. run with WWE okay. before so, UFC. So I got to carry Paulie to the back, and Paulie's like, "You gonna carry me to the back?" I'm like, "I can't." Why not? I said, "Cause I pooped." What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, "I pooped my pants." He goes, "What? I can't hear you." 
Paulie, I shit my pants. <laughs> ow, ow, okay, ow, ow, are you okay? <laughs> you know, he turns into my Jewish mother. Turns out that I had an accident. I love him. He's a good dude. So we've got a Jewish reference, we've got a South African reference, <laughs> reference, 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 and we've got poop. Well, Perfect. I, let's get weird with Wolchuk story, baby. I just love that he called the shit poop. Don't you? What'd you say to me? I love that he called the shit poop. The shit poop? Shit poopy. <laughs> Pooped is just a funny word. I can't imagine Pooped. being in the ring Pooped. like that and crapping your pants. Now imagine afterwards, right? You're in this tight outfit, like bunching up. Luckily, he was wearing black. The big show wears black, but it's like a leotard kind of deal. Mm. So nobody knew. The fans can't tell. But he knows. Oh, yeah. And now he's gotten backstage. And Lesnar knew. And what's the situation? Like, how do you clean this off? Cut number two, Bab. How, huh. do, you, how do you keep it from, like, uh, uh, is it just because tights don't, like, uh, well, I had like splattering t- out the legs? Well, I, I mean, you know, I had long tights on. So, I mean, I had the long. Um, Shorts? I had the long tights underneath, and I had leather pants on over it. Because when I did that run with Brock, I went to Oh, that, thank God. I the, yeah, Definitely, thank God. The only part that sucked was standing out back of the arena with a hose trying to wash all that shit. Oh, that's no. But I would have taken It's not like I can go down the store and buy some new gear. I got I to gotta rinse it out and get it clean. So. You, you think it would have taken the glamour out to see the superstar of the big show, like just behind oh, the behind me, dumpster with his pants, pants down? Pants. Yeah. A lot of stuff we do, we have to do for ourselves, takes all the glamour out of being a superstar. Believe me, we're not rolling around like a diva with fresh flowers in a locker room, you know? So these guys aren't getting pampered, right? <laughs> He's got to take care and hose out. He needed some pampers. He needed something. He needed those wet wipes that you've got. Yes, he did. That's what, that's a good time for the wet wipes. Instead, he's sitting back there hosing off his suit, hosing off himself. Dear Lord, oh can you just gosh. imagine the well, situation? The big show is his name, so you got to imagine it was a big sh- Don't you think? The package? Are we talking regional? No, like I'm southern talking region. about his name's the big show, uh-huh. so it's probably a big shit. Okay. Yep, I took that in Gotta a make me very yes, you wrong, did. You thought wrong... I was talking about the big shows? I, yeah, I did. Dangalang? I misread that. You thought I was talking about the big shows that... Eric Dickerson? That's on me. Misread mm. the situation. Really? Eric Dickerson's not a good one? Mm. Wow. I was. I felt good about Eric Dickerson. What about Albert Pujols? What? Why? You know what Pujols means? No. Look it up. Is his last name Spanish for something sexual? Look it up, baby. Pull out. What? Whoa. So the big show crapped himself. I just wish there was video evidence. The big show. I'm sure there is. Like, you could probably pull up that fight with him and Lesnar in South Africa somewhere. Yeah, they, they had but to... you wouldn't know. I mean, we you would know now since he's come out and told the story, but there's no way of seeing the foo. Well, when he said hose, he, they needed to take a hose to clean him off. It was definitely a fire hose, wasn't it? It had to have been a, I mean, if had. not more than one. So I hope it was a fire hose, or else that was going to take a while. There were a few hose. There was probably a big mess. And how? <laughs> yeah, he handled it well, though. Yeah, I love. You know? yeah, he, he handled did. it. I'm well. so glad he told us that story. Oh, that's funny. Thank you, the Big Show. I thought it was great. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that edition of Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk. A little bit of poo, a little bit of South Africa, a little bit of Jewish. Doesn't get any better than that. Hey, that's what Wolchuk's all about. I think that's what it's great about. Let's get weird time. We just are able to unleash, it's have a safe fun, space. share some giggles. It's always a safe space. Bab, did you like that one? Do I get a ding for that story? Yes. I think it deserves a ding. Yes, I got a Good ding. Good call. Good call. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so that's getting weird with Walchuk. That's getting weird with Walchuk for this week. Now I got to scramble and find something equally as entertaining. Yeah, that was great, man. For next week.
I need more. I need more professional athletes crapping themselves, and I need to hear them tell the story. I think there's probably been a lot more situations than we're even aware of. Well, there's a you? lot of pee stuff that goes on. I know there's a lot of like NFL players that have like in a freezing cold game they've literally just peed their pants on the sideline or in the middle of just of the game. You know, I could see that happening. I, I you know, I contemplated doing that a handful of times. Oh, did you? Yeah, man. I just almost let it did run it. down the side of your leg. Just yeah. Well, I got the high socks on. I don't know. You just especially if you're not wearing white pants, you're fine. What about? I mean, you wear compression shorts. Oh yeah, yeah. So it'll be fine. Secure. Yeah. So I mean, I get you peeing your pants, especially in the cold. But crapping your pants, no one does that intentionally. No, and there's nothing worse than having to take a crap when you're working, or especially in a sporting event. That was always a fear of mine too. It's funny that they opened up the uh, little segment saying that, but that was always a fear of mine too on the field. I got to go, and there were some times I just held it. Booby Miles. Really. You know what? His first name's Booby. Booby Miles actually transitions perfectly to something that we hadn't really even put on the queue on the little segment list, the rundown for today's show, but I kind of want to bring it up. So fans, hopefully you're cool with this. We're going to take a little bit of a quick redirection detour because Booby Miles, the actor that played Booby Miles in the movie Friday Night Lights, starred, I don't know if he starred, but he was in the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. Now, Eric, you teased the series a couple weeks back and said, you guys need to watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, it took me a week. It was good, wasn't it? I had banged out all 13 episodes, man, and I'm done. It See, was great. Very compelling stuff. You banged them out, huh? I banged them out. How long did it take you? Took, so, in total, it took me a week, Touché. but it was really just three nights of watching, essentially. Okay. Yeah, so I, I loved out. it, man. Yeah, it, it was, was a really good show. Anyone who hasn't seen it, I don't know if we're doing spoilers right now. Are we doing this? Are we about to we talk, can talk 13 we Reasons? We should talk about it. We, yeah, I want to talk should 13 we? Reasons. Yeah. All right, dude. I loved it, dude. I want to talk and 13 Reasons. Anyone who hasn't seen it, you need to go watch it. And spoiler alert right now, we're we're about to talk about it. So if you don't want to know. And well, you don't, we, can, we can discuss I mean, I wanna, without giving away too much stuff. Well, I mean, the, the premise of the show is a girl kills herself. Yes. And then she before she killed herself, she recorded 13 cassette tapes about why she did it and the 13 reasons why. Each tape is a new reason, and each reason is basically an individual in her life that she feels wronged her in a way that was enough for her to eventually take her own life. So it's obviously a little bit heavy in that sense, but incredibly written. I mean, Netflix did an incredible job. I don't know if you know this, but Selena Gomez was a part of it. I did. I saw that they had on there when I got done with the 13. There's like the reasons behind 13 Reasons Why. So it was a little 13-minute special that Netflix put in about the making of the show. And yes, yeah, Selena Gomez was on there as a producer. I actually read more and followed up some. She wanted to star in the show. She was trying to get this thing made even far back as 2011. And just, I guess, scheduling conflicts. I don't know if they had issues getting money, funding, whatever it was. It didn't work out. So then she ended up just taking a back seat and producing. And I think it's for the best because the girl that they got to play Hannah Baker, who the series is focused around, she's the girl that ultimately ends up committing suicide. I thought she was phenomenal. Would you have any idea she was Australian? No, I love that. Isn't that amazing how Brilliant. all these movies, they are all they all have just normal, like, American accents, and then when you hear them talk in real life, who is that? Like, Colin Farrell, uh, Margot uh, Robbie, or Roby, the, the oh yeah, it's Robbie, Margot Robbie, the smoke show from Wolf of Wall Street. The uh, guy who plays, crap, I can't remember, in the new Star Wars, not Rogue One, Episode 7. Uh, John Boyega, who plays yeah. Finn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so there's a lot of these actors that come over here, and they're in these movies, and they have the... They put it on like they have an American accent, and then, yeah, it was beautiful, and I loved it. I lo- I'm i an accent guy. 
Are I'm you? definitely an accent guy. Yeah, I thought overall the casting was brilliant, and I think that's what makes this series different because you can definitely fall into it being kind of just a cheesy-ish, like Gilmore Girls. No disrespect to the people that love those kind of like OC, uh, 90210 kind of genres, but when you're talking about like dealing with high school situations, it can get ABC Family-ish. You get what I'm saying? That kind of, and like, Little Pretty Liars or whatever. It's yes. not well acted. They're not good shows. No. People do love them, but they're not good shows. This is well acted, and it really... I read an article, and my roommates brought this to my attention. There was an article that came out about 13 Reasons Why and how it glorifies suicide. And I can tell you that is all one of my roommates needed to hear, and he will never watch it again just because that was brought up to him because in his perspective, he has very opinionated views on that subject matter, and he's just like, I'm not interested in it. My other friend and I, who I watched it with, my other roommate, we were all, we just said, you know what, screw it. We're interested. We've heard you had told me to watch it, so I knew I needed to watch it for the show. It had me hooked. I needed to find out what was going to happen. And if anything, I feel the complete opposite. I think this brings awareness to suicide, and it's a touchy subject, man. It's uncomfortable. People don't want to talk about it. And there's so many things that we do on our daily lives that could maybe impact people negatively that we like the main character his name is clay the main male character is clay and the whole time you're thinking what in the world could clay have done to even be on these tapes why is he a reason why hannah would have done this but by the time you get into it and you figure you you listen to it all it all comes together but you never you never know man to me it's just it's all about brings awareness to bullying the struggles teenagers go through in high school which we can all relate to sure and I think it's a positive message, and I think it's something that they should probably show in schools, man. I really do. If I saw that as a kid growing up, that's going to definitely have way more impact on me than a teacher or a counselor coming in and just talking to the class for a day. Well, it's definitely heavy stuff. They address some heavy things. It's obviously they address suicide because that's what the whole plot is. But throughout the whole thing, they address a lot of other things, like you said, bullying, uh, sexual assault, uh, you know, rape. rape yes. Yeah. Rape with a P. Yes. Yeah. With a hearty P. Yeah. I feel like I've been popping my P's tonight, by the way, on the show. P popping. And I'm one that, Hey, look, I just think being open and honest with the listener, there's no barriers here. There's no walls. If I'm messing up, I'm going to own it. I think I've been popping my P's. I don't think it's been sounding good. I'm sorry if it's been annoying. Hey baby, it's the nosebleed seeds podcast with Zach Walchuk, Eric Chiafal and producer Bab. If we want to enunciate our P's, we are open, open, safe space. Okay. I'm glad we got that out So there. many Ps. Well, I want to lighten the mood up a little bit because all this all this uh, bullying and sexual assault and stuff. Uh, Bab, what do you think about Matt Bonner? Really? You got to say it in a different way for it to work. What about uh, oh, uh, that uh, boxer? Adrian uh, Adrian Broner. Really? Okay, so you don't like it's got to be dead on. The Bonner if it's and a Broner. Little, if it's a little off, nah. What about Richard Sherman? Really? <laughs> His name is Dick, practically. If you go by the nickname. <laughs> Final thoughts, though, on Thirteen Reasons Why, and then we can go into our mock draft, which I'm stoked about. What do you think of the ending? Because I don't want to like say what the ending is. I don't want to ruin this for people. Yeah. But I was a little. I, I thought they left some open some open ends, and I know that it's it's left it open on IMDb. If you go to the page, usually if there's just going to be one season or if something's done, 
it'll have like parentheses the year two year or just the one year if it's a one-time thing close parentheses this is parentheses 2017 dash open close parentheses so i don't know if they're considering coming back with a season two i kind of don't want them to do a second season but i was upset because i wanted to kind of find out some things that they didn't wrap up and disclose okay but here's the thing i know a lot of people felt this way about the show because obviously i think we all can understand uh that it probably it ends with this girl committing suicide right so and it's not exactly how it ends it's one of the final episodes okay well i mean that's like the main but that's yes, like the main thing the gist of it but there's other things going obviously, around. obviously there's other things going around and people felt like the questions needed to be answered and like there was more things that they could do and i think there's definitely they ended it in a way they could definitely tease some more things out and throw another season at us i was fine with the way they ended it i didn't mind it at all i felt like you know what when you're addressing suicide in life when suicide happens you're always left with questions. Everyone everyone that is involved with the person who did this, no one gets all the answers they wanted. There's always some things, uh, could I have done this? What about this? What about that? There's questions always. And so I thought they did a good job of being realistic. There's, You're not going to get all the answers. You're going to get most of it, but you're not going to get every single thing. And obviously they could do, like you said, like Pretty Little Liars where they just stretch it out for nine years and it's just and it's just played out. They didn't. It's one season. They tell a good story. For me, it was enough. I don't mind tr trying to kind of piece things together myself and assume the way some things play out. I don't mind that because I think in real life, when suicide happens, everybody's, there's always questions. Look at even it's related to sports, Aaron Hernandez right now. I mean, there's, there's, there's questions. Did he even do it? Why would he do it? The timing's weird. This and that. Everybody wants. We've you're gotten not going to get all the stuff. We have gotten answers. You do to get that. some. Obviously, you're going to get some. But you, we got some as no, well. No, we got pretty in much 13, we got answers. In, in the 13 show. reasons, you get the 13 yes. tapes. That is, I mean, that's more than even a note. No, I mean, for sure. we actually got a ton of stuff. And I like that thought process. I like the way you looked at that. And I guess that makes sense. And and I can see that being a creative approach to why they ended it that way. But it's weird because the way that the things that we want the answers to aren't necessarily about. Hannah and the suicide. It's about other things in relation to that. You know what I mean? So, but I do like that. Maybe that is why they kept it open. I think that's a great thought. Good on you, my artistic friend. Eric, do you follow? Who knew I was such a Jeez, you could produce, thinker, direct, man. star, act. My Gosh, God. Dang. Well, I loved the You're show. You're not just good looks. Thank you, Bab. All right. But well, I, I highly recommend it. Well acted. Really good show. It's 13 yes. episodes. Each one's about an hour long on Netflix. I am curious, though. Is this going to start a thing where... I know, I know the show didn't glorify it, but what is this going to start something to where now with the new age of things, it's weird that you went back to cassette tapes, but are, are people going to start doing this now where instead of leaving a note when they do this handwritten note, like we're in the 20th century, they're going to push it up to the 21st century and start rec like making little recordings for your Bluetooth. They do a little podcast. Little, yeah, a little, uh, little pre-suicide podcast. You know, and I think that might have been the direction that article <laughs> was really trying to go with about the glorifying suicide. I don't think it glorifies it at all, but it could make people think of doing this. Sure, but I don't think you avoid tough conversations just, no. just for the outlier people and that it, are going to take it and run with it in the opposite totally. direction. And it's not a reason to not watch the show, people. It's still worth a watch no it, it's really of all the good crap on television that we're watching you know catfish on mtv and teen mom and all this stuff and look i'm guilty i'll put on some mtv and I'll watch some challenge or real world on occasion might be a guilty pleasure of mine but this is a show worth watching it's doing some good so check out 13 reasons why on netflix thank you by the way eric for enlightening me on the subject no problem and, and put that in my uh 
for all like of you, you listeners who haven't watched it, you're going to watch it. It is a little bit heavy. It is a little bit intense. So don't expect for this to just be some laughable, whatever, whatever. But it is written incredibly well. And I think they tell the story great. And I enjoyed the heck out of it. I binged the balls out of that show. Totally agree. Loved it. And the girl who plays Anna. Really, there's a lot of cuties. But by the way, there's I a was, lot of beautiful people. In I the was show. a fan of the girl that played Hannah. She's one of my favorites. I'd love to see more you. stuff. I loved Hannah in that show. Yeah. Fell in love with her. Phenomenal job. It's great. So the casting was good. Everything was good. And that's your nosebleed seats review. Is that our first? Uh, that's our, that's that our, our first? first ever film review. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it went pretty good. What do you think? Do we get a ding for that? Ding me, baby. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Woo! We got a thumbs up. It's kind of up. a loud ding, but. Bab cool. said, good on you, mate. All right, Eric. It's the moment of truth. Is it mock draft time? It's time, baby. We're riding into the draft. It's Nosebleed Seats Gotta podcast. Gotta close the show. Gotta close Mm-mm. the show with a mock draft. I'm Zach Wolchuk, alongside my main man, Eric Giafalo. We got Bab running them gators on the producer board, making us sound good. And it is time. Wait, before we start, before we start. Oh, dude. You really brought me down. I was in the zone, and you just interrupted that hard. I'm butthurt now. Willie Mays. No. Stupid. I got two things here. Willie Mays. Really? Willie? Wal- Walchuk. Butthurt, 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 butthurt. You deserve that butthurt alert, Walchuk. I did. I'm a little salty. All right. Let's let's uh, let's pump up some draft music. So, we'll, well, how are we, so we're doing this, right? We're doing this where I have all the odd numbers, so I'm picking... Number one, I'm picking number three, and so on and so forth. Walchick is picking all the even-numbered draft slots, so he's going to pick number two, number four, six. You guys know how it goes. So that's how we're going to do it. Anyway, it's coming from the perspective of what we would do, not what we think the teams are going to do, right? Because we're not crystal ballers. We're not gypsies. You know, we're not fortune tellers. No, we don't have, you know, the array of links to all of these organizations. So we're not Peter King. We're not Adam Schefter. We don't have... A Miami Dolphins and a Kansas City Chiefs insider. I don't know, Eric, maybe you got a Dolphins inside. We don't have insiders to all these teams. I got some inside maybe Cowboy info. Heck, we just had Kevin on from the flagship station 105 through the fan. Who They have Stephen Jones on today, Tuesday, on G-Bag Nation. By the way, you can catch that from uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on 105 through the fan. Radio.com app, tune in app if you want to hear our man Jeff. Kavanaugh. Also, Trust the Tape podcast. Yep. Jeff does that with Dane Brugler. It's also some great stuff. If y'all want some more, just to plug our station and my man Jeff, because again, really, really cool for him to have come on and done this. So, but yes, what we want to do is this is basically us. This is if we were these teams based on picks that we like, players that we like. And what I'd like to do, Bab, if you can chronologize, write out whatever that word is. Chronologize? Whatever it is, type it out. That was an epic fail. You are not composed right now. I'm not composed. Dang it, we didn't ask Jeff about composedness. No, we didn't. No, we gosh dang didn't. That's you just know, all the more reason to get him on again. Failures. Darn it, man. I know all the more reason, right? Because I was incredibly curious to know if if Kavanaugh, you know, evaluates QBs the same way we do, where the number one most important attribute is that the quarterback is composed. He's got to be composed. He's got to be. be composed and poised. You put it together, it's composed. It's they a great got word. together, they it's had easier. sex, and they birthed composed. The most beautiful child ever. What about Pete Lecoq? Oh. Oh, come on. Jeez, Bab. I had a pop-up. Sorry. Pete LeCock. Pete LeCock. Where is he from? He played nine seasons with the Chicago Cubs and Kansas City Royals from 1972 to 1980. That Pete LeCock, 
That definitely connotes sex, my friend. Yeah. Does that beat... Okay, does that beat Dick Butkus? Hmm. Does it beat Dick Butkus? Okay, Bab says yes. Okay. All right, so Dick. our leader right now is... What's it again? Pete LeCock. Pete LeCock. All right, let's get this puppy rolling. I got the number one pick in the draft. I'm the Cleveland Browns. I am Here's the, the real question. Are you making a stupid decision? Because that's what the Browns are probably going to do. No, remember, I'm me. I'm okay. not the Browns, so I'm not okay. completely retarded. I'm just, you know, 50%. Just to finish that thought and the explanation, what I want to do is because, you know, we're going to be around here forever, and eventually we're going to be filling that 1 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. slot on the fan. Exactly. So we'll be able to go back and look at this. But you know how they go back and they judge a draft and really grade it like three or four years later? Oh, yeah. I want to see if our picks, who we would have taken for these guys, ends up being better than the actual picks end up being. Because you know mock drafts are sure to go wrong. 100%. Especially in this year's mock draft. Who the Always. hell knows what the Niners are doing it to? I know I got to make that pick here in a second, but we don't know. So let's just have fun with it and do our own thing. So number one on the clock, Cleveland Browns. Eric, you follow who the Brownies going with? I am literally on the clock for one second. I rush my card in and I pick Miles Garrett, baby. Good thing you didn't say Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell, I can't. I I cannot draft a guy named Mitch Trubisky. I cannot do it. Not to be the face of my franchise. Can't happen. So sad. All right, who's on who's on the board for number two, Walter? All right, number two is the San who's Francisco picking? 49ers. John Lynch and company. They're on the clock, and it is. It's John Lynch's first year at the helm here. What's John Lynch going to do? If I'm John, look, I've heard rumors of a quarterback. I think it's too early. Do you want to go defensive line? You've got uh, Jonathan Allen. You've got a Solomon Thomas there, but they've gone defensive line the last two years. We're going to take, I teased this earlier, Malik Hooker, awesome player, but not my favorite safety. I'm going Jamal Adams, Ooh. the safety from LSU. John Lynch is a former safety. Everything I've heard about this kid, when I've what I've seen from draft breakdown, he's a stud. Whenever I watch him at LSU, he's a stud. Also, local guy from North Texas up the road, Hebron High School alumni. But when you talk to the people from LSU, all they say is best leader they've had come through the program. And with that kind of pipeline to the NFL, they've had a hell of a lot of good players come through there. I'm all about Jamal Adams, baby. Give him to me at number two. Gosh, you're a jerk. I'm the Chicago Bears at three, and I was eyeing him. I was, my Chubb was just beginning to sprout. I thought you were guaranteed going to make a mistake, John Lynch, and take Solomon Thomas. But you didn't. I didn't. I went with uh, a guy that I think is actually going to be a sure bet, and that's Jamal Adams. I don't know about Solomon Thomas. No, he's he's about as can't miss as it gets. I think Jamal Adams is a stud. Way to go, John Lynch. Round of applause for you and your first ever drafted player as the GM of the 49ers. Thank you. I'm picking number three on the Chicago Bears. You just took my boy Jamal Adams from me, so I'm going to slide down into Tuscaloosa, Alabama and take my boy Jonathan Allen to be my five-tech rec shopper. I think he's got versatility to move up and down the line of scrimmage a little bit. He's got a shoulder injury that people are a little bit concerned about, but I'm not because my doctors are the shiz up here in Chicago. We got the best in the biz. So... Put me down, Chicago Bears, Jonathan Allen. I think that's a great lineman. pick. I love that pick. Alabama. Real good. I he's think a champion. He is. He's a good player. He's going to make that defense better. And he's a guy that can do it both. Play the run and get to the quarterback. You got Aaron Rodgers in that division. Matthew Stafford, you got to get after it. I like that pick. So now I'm at number four. You're on the clock. There's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Jags, also, do we? what do they want to do? First of all, before you make this selection as the Jaguars uh, executive brass, yes. can you do everyone a favor and yourself a favor and fire your coach, Doug Marone? 
Doug Marone? Doug Marone. Doug, let's get Doug on. Are you there? Doug. Doug, yeah. Doug, Doug. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Hey, uh, I know we just hired you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had second looking thoughts. For, no, I'm looking forward to the future now, together. Doug, you know we got what? a bright future together. We've got Tom Coughlin as our GM. We're just going to go ahead and make him do head coaching as well, promote him. What? He's going to do both. So, Doug, huh? uh, no. what? we might demote you. Or uh, it, That's awkward. I'm sorry, Doug. We're going to let out. you go. Buy out. Buy out. Sure. You'll get paid, but there's the door. Bye, Doug. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Tom Coughlin. He's returned to Jacksonville as an expansion franchise. He had them on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl. Mm, I love when I'm just they on the cusp. They haven't been that close since. So what are they going to do? I don't think there's a quarterback worthy of taking it for. I don't know if they're into Solomon Thomas or not. I didn't know that Solomon Thomas would still be here. But they've spent a lot of money along the defensive line. I think I'm going to go with a guy that's going to come in and not only help my offense and my struggling quarterback take some pressure off, but also help my defense. We saw a man named Ezekiel Elliott go number four in this spot. He kind of changed the team did he a, a little, little bit? bit. He did. Mm. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Let's go with a guy that some people thought might have been a better talent at the same position this time a year ago, but it, he's kind of been picked apart a little bit for no good reason. The dude's still a savage. We're going Leonard Fournette. Mm. Number four to the, the Jacksonville Bayou Jaguars. Badass. Yes, That's he's going like to be a good player. Him. He's a hammer, baby. They could use a running back. Way to go, man. You made a great move firing your head coach, and then you slide in, you take a stud running back. Thank you. Jacksonville's on the come up. The come where? I'm the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'm the Tennessee Titans. And I'm drafting, and I'm at five, and I have By the way, Mariota. for the record. Bab, why are you speaking? Why, Bab? You're in a, I'm on the clock right it's now. It's draft information. Yes. All right, give it to me. It's pertaining to this. Oh, yes. This, is... this pick comes yes. from the Los Angeles Rams in the deal that got the Rams the first overall pick last season. That's right. So this should be the Rams selecting right now, but they are not because they traded up for Jared Goff. And now I am the Tennessee Titans, and I am picking at five, and I want to trade again. Ideally, I would trade. I would look up to the Browns. I would say, hey, you guys are at 12. Do you want a quarterback? And if they say no, then I'm going to have to stay there, and I'm going to have to take Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback, the Ohio State University. I Turn it, it in. Turn it in, coach. Let's get Lattimore on the phone tell him congratulations. I love it. He's the best corner in this draft. They he's going to be a, a Tennessee corner. Titan. Good pick. And and he's a stud. I would, I would put him as the best cornerback in the draft. They need a corner bad. Let's give him to him. All right, you're on the clock now. You're number six. Who's picking six? Is that the New York Jets? Ew. Number six is the New York football Jets, and Ew. they also are a team that need a quarterback. I don't like the quarterbacks here. I'm, Cleveland might be wanting to come up to get one. I'd like to move back if I'm the Jets. The Jets could go a lot of areas here. I think if Marshawn Lattimore were there, I probably would have taken him. Okay, so you're a little, are you a little sad that you're missing out on I'm Lattimore? I'm a little upset. I think Lattimore would have been good there. I think that there's a safety that would be a good fit here as well. His name's Malik freaking Hooker. But ultimately, I think I'm going to go with a guy that I think is a can't-miss prospect as well. Can't miss. And if you don't have a good quarterback, this is a position that can really help you out. No, man. Miles Garrett already got drafted. You can't do that. It's not Miles Garrett. You can't Garrett, do that. But it's another SEC player. Of course it is. He's from the Crimson Tide. Mm. O.J. Howard, the oh, tight end wow. from Alabama. Stud. To the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, no. Jets. Okay, because deep down at heart, even though I'm drafting for all these other teams, at heart, I'm a Dolphin. I know. And I don't want to have to face O.J. Howard. Because it's a good pick, right? For the rest. Yes, it's a good pick. I hate you. I know. I'm sorry. But I'm trying to make good picks. All right. Well, let's swing it out to the West Coast. All right. Let's swing it where? West? Los Angeles. 
mm -hmm. San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. I'm on the clock, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, wow, what am I going to do? I really wanted Adams. I liked Marshawn Lattimore. Let's connote some sex, baby. Let's get Malik Hooker down here. Let's call his mom, Mrs. Hooker, get her on the line. Mr. and Mrs. Hooker, uh, we we just want to congratulate you that your son, Malik, and the rest of the Hooker family, all the Hookers, are coming to Los Angeles, and you're going to be a Charger. Hookers take the Chargers. Woo, woo, woo. I love it. I think he'd be a great pick there, and all of a sudden, that defense, actually pretty good. A little bit sexy with Bosa and Malik Hooker. That's two Ohio State guys was coming big, together. Oh, yeah, a big Jason Verrett guy, their corner from TCU. I thought he was the best corner pound for pound in that draft class. Shouts out to the Horny Toads. He's been good. I like that for the Chargers. That's solid. I deserved a ding, Bab, for the Horny Toads, man. I deserved it. Here we go. All right, who are you picking? All right, number you're, you're on the clock at number eight. Is the Carolina Panthers, and the mm. slide continues for our man Solomon Thomas from Coppell. Yes, up it the does. Road. Yes, it does. Now it's interesting because I didn't expect Solomon Thomas to be here at eight, and I don't know if the Panthers did either. And the Panthers got to the Super Bowl with a really good defensive line. They're still pretty good on defense, and Ron Rivera, I could see them going Solomon Thomas. But if I were the Panthers. They wanted Leonard Fournette. Don't you want Leonard Fournette? Aren't you a little bummed? I am bummed, and I think Leonard Fournette would have been a good pick there. But you know who else is there that I think can do a lot of things for you? Solomon Thomas? No. I'm going offense. Oh. I'm taking oh. maybe the Swiss Army knife of the draft, baby. I like the sound. We're not shaming the white running back anymore. No, sir. Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers in eight. <laughs> Lock it up, baby. He can do so much for that offense. White chocolate. Run in between the tackles. White lightning. Passing game. You want to line him up in the slot. He can be a safety valve for Cam Newton. This is an offense other than Greg Olson. Kelvin Benjamin regressed a little bit. Hopefully he can get back to where he was. The rest of that receiving core, meh. You can put Christian McCaffrey all over the place, and this dude's making plays for you. I think Cam Newton would be a happy man. I think you're right. That's a great pickup. That is a great pickup. And if I was the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or... The Atlanta Falcons, I would be a wee bit nervous seeing Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, Kelvin Benjamin out wide. That's a little bit scary. That's a little bit scary. I like where your head's at, though. Thank I'm at you. number nine. Mm -hmm. I'm picking number nine. Solomon Thomas is still there. He is. Oh, gosh, man. I, I just... Who's nine? Who's picking nine? Who's picking nine? The Cincinnati Bengals are picking oh, nine. Oh, that team, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in Ohio right now having fun with... Uh, Marvin Lewis and the Bengals here, and Star I'm, and I'm on the board, and I see I see Solomon Thomas. I see him sitting there, and you just took a Stanford guy. How awesome would it be to be storybook to go Christian McCaffrey out of Stanford at number eight, number nine, Cincinnati Bengals, Stanford alum, Solomon Thomas. But we're not out here writing stories, baby. I'm no author, and I'm no storyteller. Hassan Reddick, come and join the Bengals, oh. baby. That's my man crush. He's my favorite guy. He's going to be a stud. I wanted him to fall to the Dolphins, but I'm the I'm the Bengals right now, and I'm too smart to pass him up. Hassan Reddick leapfrogging Derek Barnett and Solomon Thomas. I love it. Yep. I'm going for it, baby. I'm passing up. I, I consider both those guys. I love Burnett. I, love, I don't really love Solomon Thomas, but he's decent. Hassan Reddick, stud. What about a Reuben Foster there? They need a linebacker. See, I'm, I, I, I would have considered him. He was up on our board, but... I think I've taken him off my board for the first round for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. I think I might I might be able to make a move early in the second round if I'm really desperate for him. But I just got a son Reddick, so I don't think I need to worry about it. 
All right, number 10. Number 10 is the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills are just sitting here, and ideally I had another area I was going to go with this pick. But with Solomon Thomas there, this is a defense that, or a team that really, I know Rex Ryan's gone, but they love that defense. They love to be good in Buffalo. You got to get after Tommy Brady. I think the slide stops. Solomon Thomas is too good of a player to pass up here. I thought about Mike Williams. I thought about... Maybe they want to take a quarterback. I was going to say one like of the Tyrod quarterbacks. Taylor, yeah, but I don't like the quarterbacks. I don't think there's a single one that should go in the first round in this group. So me, Solomon Thomas is still there at 10. I'm turning the card. And I got myself a hell of a player. All right, Solomon Thomas to the to the Buffalo Bills. He, he is a top 10 pick, though he did slide out of the top three or four like he, did. he was supposed to. All right, we're picking number 11 now on the New Orleans Saints. I wanted Marshawn Lattimore. Titans stole him from me. Uh, I wanted I wanted Christian McCaffrey. I wanted a little bit of that white on white with Drew Brees, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield for the Saints, making it happen down there in New Orleans. But looks like we're gonna have to go with Gary and Conley. Now I know. Whoa, hold I on. I know. Did you not just hear what we talked to Jeff about? I know he's got his issues. He's got big issues. Allegedly. Allegedly. Just like I have great medical staff earlier, allegedly, and I, and I picked a guy allegedly because of it. Well, here in New Orleans with the Saints. We have a great, great investigative team. We already know before the FBI, before the government, before anyone, Conley is clean, and he's coming to New Orleans. First class ticket. Book it. Okay. So Gary and Conley, despite allegations of potential rape. Come give me picks, baby. Which they are, just alleged. Alleged. We don't allegations. know. Innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. So we don't know the truth. But you think the Saints are going to bypass that and still take him. All right, ballsy move there. Ballsy, ballsy move. Okay, Cleveland Browns on the clock at 12. Yes. There was another trade to have this pick. Oh, tell me about it. Yes, it was uh, made last year when uh, it was uh, basically a giant swap of picks. Cleveland uh, or Philadelphia got Cleveland's first-round selection, the second overall pick in last year's draft. A byproduct of that was Cleveland gets Philadelphia's first-round pick this year. Hmm. Browns out here making moves, baby. All right, well, I was the Browns earlier. I took the 31-point scoring wonderlook test freak show athlete Miles Garrett at number one. Now you take over the Browns draft room at pick number 12. What are you doing, Walchick? Okay, look, here's one where I'm going against my better judgment a little bit because Cleveland is in no man's land when it comes to a quarterback under center, and quarterbacks get pushed off the board, up the board, I should say. So while I wouldn't personally take a quarterback, if I'm the Cleveland Browns here, I would. I think that you take one here. You've got your selection of all of them. The rumors are they do really like Mitchell Trubisky. You've got your guy, Garrett, at one. If O.J. Howard were here at 12, I would take O.J. Howard, but he's not. I think the first quarterback comes off the board. If not sooner than this, I'm going to take Mitchell Trubisky here to the Browns at 12. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. Yes, Mitch is gone. Okay, if I just told you one day Cleveland Browns are going to have a quarterback, his name's Mitch Trubisky. Is he going to succeed or is he going to fail? All you know is he plays for the Browns and his name's Mitch Kibisky. Trubisky. Does he succeed? No. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right, so great pick by you. Another quarterback down the dumps. He'll probably be a Cleveland Brown for two, two and a half years. He'll show up on that jersey in the shopping window across from Paul Over. Brown Stadium. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> for $4. <laughs> Over-under, though, does he last longer than Johnny Menzel? Ooh. Who, by the way, had the highest-scoring Wonderlick score of all the quarterbacks in his draft class. Hmm. He's a smarty. The How Wonder much Lick cocaine matters. fueled that Wonderlick? That Johnny football's a smarty pants. Oh. If you're listening to the Nosebleed Seats uh, annual mock draft here with Zach Walter, here's your following producer, Bab.
I am officially on the clock, and by I, I mean picking number 13 is the Arizona Cardinals, NFC West. And I'm looking at their roster. They could use, you know, I think they could use a corner. It's unfortunate that Lattimore and Conley are both gone. I, I see Humphrey, and I like Humphrey out of Alabama. I don't know if I like, I, I probably like him more than others do, but he's incredibly physical. I think he'd be a great pairing on the opposite corner from Patrick Peterson. But at 13, I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals. They just lost Michael Floyd. Larry Fitzgerald, the stud, is about to be, he's like 33 years old. He's he's on his last leg. They need a receiver. Corey Davis, Western Michigan, my guy. Ooh, Corey Davis. I love that pick, learning with Larry Fitzgerald. I think Corey exactly. Davis is just a clean player. Yes. Does everything well. Doesn't necessarily, like, wow you, but he's, neither did Jerry Rice coming into the league, right? But all he does is put up numbers. Corey Davis is a similar guy. You heard it here first. Corey Davis is going to be Jerry Rice, according to Zach Walchuk. Hmm. That's bold, baby. I'm out there. Bold predictions. Living on the edge. Can't wait to go back to the archive on that one. Mark the moment. All right, you're on the clock, my friend. You're picking 14. Another trade in this pick. Eagles. The Eagles are picking. Eagles from Minnesota. This was the draft pick that got Minnesota, Sam Bradford. Ew. Honestly, it's really tough for me to draft for the Eagles because there's not a team I hate more. Don't you shortchange them. Don't you go picking some Wesley Steelhammer that deserves to be freaking Mr. Okay. Don't well, say they're relevant. Gonna, don't say they're going to take Alec Morris okay. with this pick. Don't say they're just going to forfeit their pick. <laughs> right, right. How about this? How about you and I switch? You take the Eagles here. I'll take the Colts at 15. I'll go back to back, and we'll get back on at 16. Oh, God. Well, now I'm just throwing or off. Do you want me to go? Because I'll go then. Go. All right, fine. I hate you. Philly. There's a couple options here. I think Mike Williams is in play, the wide receiver from Clemson. Oh, that's a good matchup. I Nolan do. Carroll, Nolan Carroll versus yeah. Mike Williams. However, they did spend a lot of money. They brought in Alshon Jeffrey. Granted, it's a one-year deal. They brought in Torrey Smith. Might also be a one-year deal. So, yeah, now that I say that, Mike Williams could be a very real possibility. But they need corners. Who the hell is playing corner for Philadelphia? Two are already gone. I think this is where Marlon Humphrey comes off the board. I'll put Marlon Humphrey the corner from Alabama there. Did I shortchange the Merrick? No, I don't think you shortchanged him at all. That's a solid pick. I think they wish McCaffrey. I, I think, think so, too. I think they're going to consider a guy like Charles Harris, a pass rusher. Uh, or Derek Barnett's or there, Der- too. That yeah, would be Derek, a nightmare The fact me. that Derek Barnett's still there is pretty incredible, but he won't be there long. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here picking at 15. I'm the Indianapolis Colts, and I've preached that the Indianapolis Colts have everything Actually, they have nothing except for a quarterback, roster-wise. So they they need it all. As much as they need an offensive lineman, I don't know if there's an offensive lineman worth taking here. Now, you're going to consider it because there's not that many good offensive linemen in this draft. So if you don't get your guy now, the Colts, you may not get your guy later. But I think Derek Barnett falling to 15, I think he's too hard to pass up. Him or Charles Harris or Forrest Lamp or Bowles, the offensive lineman. But I got to turn in the card with Derek Barnett. I love it. Defensive end, prop, maybe the most, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the safest edge guy out there besides Miles Garrett because he dominated in the SEC. Barnett did. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's a good edge setter. He's a good pass rusher. He does everything well, and he tries his rear end off. He's a freaking lunch pail guy, and I need that lunch pail in Indianapolis. I couldn't agree more. Maybe my two favorite players in this class, Reddick, your boy, mm-hmm. more simpatico. And then Derek Barnett, I love him. All right, you're picking 16, Mr. Walchuk. The Baltimore Ravens. So now I'm Ozzy Newsom. Yes, you are. Ooh, and this you're is a, a genius. This you're is a, a legend. Tough one. This you're is a tough legend. Because Newsom's an Alabama guy, and Reuben Foster's still there. 
He's going to think about it. You pair him and C.J. Mosley, two he's former think about it. Alabama backers. He that would is. be incredible. They just lost Zach Orr, they our UNC did, friend. They did. They you know use, I mean, they got a hole there. I'd love to go Reuben Foster here, but I kind of want to go a different situation. And they really, because offensively, man, oh, this is tough. Look, I'm, I've got a couple of things up here that I'm seeing maybe Baltimore's into, but we're not doing this. What is Baltimore maybe into? Because I don't know. I'm going me. I'm yeah. going what do I want for do this it. team. Do it, Ozzy. I'm taking Dalvin Cook, the running back wow. for Florida State. Because you know what? This team hasn't had a legit running back since the issue happened with Ray Rice. They haven't been back to the Super Bowl since Ray Rice. They could take Mike Williams here from Clemson. That was the next guy on my list. But as I'm sitting here on the spot, Dalvin Cook is a beast, dude. And for him to still be here at 16, he would definitely upgrade that offense a lot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19 are crying they right are. now. They, they wanted are. to pair, I can tell you from firsthand experience, the Buccaneers wanted to pair Jameis Winston and Dalvin Cook together. And they're not going to get to do that at 19 because Walchuk, a.k.a. Ozzie Newsome, just added him to the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, prediction's sure to go wrong. I don't think that pick's ever going to happen, but... If I'm the Ravens and he's there, I'll take him. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm picking number 17. You know who that is, Walchuk? Uh, thank God I'm not picking it. The that's, Deadskins? That's the Washington Redskins. Mm. Hey, that's racist. Supposedly. Picking number 17, I think they could use a couple of things. I'm looking at David Njoku there. He's a stud, but I don't need a tight end, right? I got Jordan Reed. Now, I, would love, I wouldn't mind pairing the two, but I don't need that even though he might be the highest-rated player on my board at this point. So I'm, I'm struggling, but I think the Washington Redskins need a little bit of defense. I think they could use a linebacker. You just passed up on Reuben Foster. No, don't do it. The Alabama Crimson Tider. Don't do it to me. Him, I want to see him, oh, no. Reuben Foster, and Ezekiel Elliott colliding in holes for years oh, to come. Oh, don't do it. That's what I want to see. Please, Reuben, don't go to Washington. That's a good pick, though, for the Redskins if he's there. That's a smart pick. So, Reuben Foster, 17 to the skin. So, I'm on the clock now at 18. The Tennessee Titans. And they are like a baby's wet dream right now. Because not only did they get the best cornerback in the draft, they got the absolute best cornerback in the draft. I said it twice. That's how you know it's true. Marshawn Lattimore is a savage. But another guy that I think maybe they were considering at five is still here at 18. His name's Mike Williams. He's a national champion from the Clemson Tigers. What a weapon for Marcus Mariota. They need a big physical presence on the outside. He would come in and maybe they'd be their number one guy immediately. Love the pick here. Mike Williams to the Titans at 18. I love that. If I'm the Titans there, I'm considering him. I'm considering John Wall, uh, John Ross, the speedster. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they could use a guy that can really get downfield. I but, agree. But Mike Williams is a stud. He can get, he can go up for the ball. He's a big guy. I think he's a better player than Ross. I like where your head's at. So, they, so the Titans got a stud corner, and now they got a stud wide receiver. They're good. Titans are doing well for themselves. All right, so I'm picking 19, and I'm representing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm pissed off <laughs> that Walchuk picked... Dalvin Cook for the Baltimore Ravens at pick 16. I bet you are. So at 19, now that I can't get Cook, I think I need a little bit of protection for Jameis Winston. The best offensive lineman on my personal board is Forrest Lamp. He's got versatility for left tackle. He's got versatility and maybe ideally at guard, but you can, you can have a guy who can be your swing tackle and move him around if you get injuries. I think it would behoove them as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get some protection for old Jameis Winston. 
And I think Force Lamp's the man to do that out of Western Kentucky. So Force Lamp, I'm turning in the card, pick 19. Wow. You are on the clock You're at taking 20. Him on. You, were, you weren't going to let him fall to 22 to your Dolphins? I wanted him to. Again, I wanted him to. But I can't. I mean, if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's what I would do. Because Dalvin Cook's gone. And so is really all the edge rushers. Tag McKinley's still there. TJ Watt's still there. Yeah, McKinley and, and, and Watt and those guys are still there. But I think you got to protect your quarterback. Well, now I'm the Denver Broncos at pick 20. Again, they just took a quarterback in the first round, Paxton Lynch, last year. I don't think they're in the business for a quarterback. They've got a really good defense. What they need to do is shore up that offensive line. They did a great job bringing in Ronald Leary, who's a savage. But what they need is some tackle help. And I'm freaking out a little bit now if I'm the Broncos because here goes Forrest Lamp. He's gone. So I'm going to take a guy. You know this school produces good linemen. I think he's a pretty safe pick. I'm going to the Badger well. I'm going to Ryan Ramzik for the Broncos at 20, the offensive tackle from Wisconsin. You're a smart man. you got to protect the quarterback. got to protect the young quarterback. You need to be able to run the ball, right? They did pick up Ronald Leary, but he's a guard. He's a gonna, guard. They need a couple of more because yes. they, they don't have a good offensive line. Yes. All right, very good. Denver Broncos just took a lineman. I'm picking 21 now on the Detroit Lions. Derek Barnett's off the board. I need an edge guy. Hassan Reddick's gone. I'm looking at it here. I could use a linebacker. Foster's gone. I don't know. I'm going to look into... I'm probably going to look over to Florida. Look over at Jared Davis, the linebacker. He's a thumper. He, he's fast, 4.58 in the 40. He moves around well, and he's, he's one of those guys that is just 100 miles an hour all the time. He's going to crack heads, and he's exactly what you want there in the middle of your defense. So Jared Davis brings a big boost to the Detroit Lions. They need a linebacker since uh, Levy or Levy, whatever his name is, is getting a little bit older now. So they just got their defense boosted. Detroit Lions just took Jared Davis. All right. I like that pick. He's a thumper in the middle. Good, solid player. 22. Uh-oh. My Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Oh, the most storied What's franchise that song? in Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Woo! Miami Dolphins. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? Don't ask. All right, this Who is we tough. Picking? Eric, I'm going to ask you for some input here. Looking at how the board is, All right. I reserve you the right to make the final assessment on this pick. I'm a dolphin at heart. I know you are. And with how this board has fallen, I kind of think maybe Charles Harris is in play here. He's in play. Maybe Taco Charlton from Michigan. Maybe. I think they need a corner, though. You think we need a corner? I think that Who's they on need the board? some corner depth. And there's a guy that I like a lot, also from that LSU pipeline, Tredavious White. Not terrible. Not bad. You I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't be I wouldn't, chubbing? I wouldn't be chubbing, though. Okay. I, at this point, I've lost my guys that I'm really chubbing for. Reddick, Lamp, Barnett. Cam Robinson? Bama? I think I think Cam Robinson's actually the pick. Do you? I, I, I would have loved to get Forrest Lamp, but I think Robinson can play... He could play guard if you want to, but I think he's he's good enough to play tackle. For the Dolphins, he'll come in and be a guard initially, and then kind of like Lamp, he could play tackle, right tackle, whatever, uh, in years to come or if you have some injuries. So I like Cam Robinson, Alabama champion. 
I love the Come pick. on down to and South Florida. I think Florida. it's a smart selection for Miami because I think the team behind them, the New York Giants, might have been eyeing Cam Robinson as well because they need to tackle. So, look, you've seen two offensive linemen off the board. Maybe Cam Robinson, some say, is the best left tackle in the draft. Let's do it. Cam Robinson to the Finns. All right, very good. I feel good about that if I'm the Dolphins. At 23, yeah, you're right. I'm the Giants now, and I'm like, crap, there's been a little bit of a run on offensive linemen. There's not many good offensive linemen in this draft, and God knows the Giants need offensive linemen. But, man, David Njoku is still on the board, perhaps the best player on my board. So am I going to go best player available, even though I got weapons galore with the Giants and I need pass protection? Mm, This is so tough, but I got to go Bulls. Bowles. Wow. Bowles. Really? Tyler Bowles? Garrett. Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles. I think Njoku would be a perfect fit in New York. I think he would be really good for the Giants, but I could see them reaching on a line. They are reaching. They're That's not going to the best Giants player thing. available here. But if you need an offensive lineman, there's like there's just not that many good ones in this draft. They're not going to be there waiting for you in the second round. You need to go get a guy. So whether it's Ramzik or whether it's Bowles, your choice. I'm a more of a Bowles guy myself, so I'll take him. Okay. So he's going to the Giants. Now we're going with the Raiders. The Las Vegas, well, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. Who are you picking? Probably John Ross. If Al Davis was still doing this thing, it'd be be John John Ross. Ross. I don't think it's John Ross. This team needs defensive help. Zach Cunningham, I like a lot. I think he's a safe pick here. Uh, But I think they're they're on a quest to get a corner. I think they've, they've been eyeing corners. A guy that I like that not a lot of people might feel the same way of, but I think he's long, he's rangy. It's the kind of guy maybe that they're going to go with. I'm going to go Chidobi Awuzi. Chidobi Awuzi from Colorado. Safety corner. He's a versatile guy. Yeah, I think he can play, fill a couple different spots for the Raiders. I think that might be a good pick there for them at 24. They I, definitely could fan. use some defensive help, especially in the back end in that secondary. That's not a that's not a bad pick. He's a versatile guy. I like where your head's at. Now we're down in Houston. Babs, Texans. I kind of wish I could take this pick from you because I think they're going quarterback. Do you think they're going quarterback? I think they're going quarterback here. Okay, well, you think they're going quarterback. If you were going to take a quarterback here, who would you take? The only one off the board is Mitch Trubisky. I would I would personally take Deshaun Watson. I know you would. Uh, I think a good fit for them might be Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I could see Pat Mahomes. He's definitely one of the guys I'm looking at, but I'm also looking at my offensive line. I, if I'm not in love with these quarterbacks, which I'm not really in love with these quarterbacks. Well, what linemen are you in love with now? Well, they're not, all gone, brother. Is Ramsey gone? Yeah, I took him at 20 to the Broncos. Yeah, you did. Son of a gun. Well, then I, guess I, then I guess I do have to go with... Uh, I, I'd go with Mahomes, actually. Really? I'd probably go did with I Mahomes. Did I talk you into that one? No, I'm a Mahomie. Oh, you're a Mahomie. Um, yeah, you kind of talked me into that one a little bit. I watched some more tape. I'm not in love with them by any stretch, but I'll give them to the Texans because they got jack squat at the quarterback spot. Interesting. They can't get any worse, right, Brock Osweiler? I mean, Mahomes no, is coming already in. already sent him to go toil away in Cleveland. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is the expectation level at this point is Brock Osweiler. So Mahomes comes in there feeling pretty good. So I'm the Houston Texans. I'm putting it in for Mahomes. You're picking 26 now, Walchick. What team are you? The Seattle Seahawks. Mm, now, West. Oh, this is tough because I think Seattle needs to get back to their roots of the Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. So I think a corner would be good here. Tredavious White is still there. Kevin King is there from Washington, local Mm-mm-mm. guy. I, I like the pick of Kevin King, but an area that I kind of think that they might go here, Tack McKinley is sliding. He's still there. And he is still there. And they are aware of a pass rusher's. 
and they gobble up those guys. I think if a player of that caliber is there, while well, I, I was ready to go with Kevin King in the spot, with Taxel on the board, I would take Tack McKinley. Man, you pair Tack with some Michael Bennett and some some Cliff Averill yeah. and all these guys they and that got. that breaks my Cowboys heart at Wagner. Yeah, that does break your Cowboys heart at 28. That's right. You still got some guys there at 28. But I'm sitting there at 27 now, and I'm picking for the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's some guys still on the board. Cunningham, I like him. I could use a linebacker. I could use a, an edge guy, even like a Bowser. What about a quarterback? I could, You know, there's potential there. If, if, if I'm Andy Reid and I really like one of these guys, since Mahomes is off the board, now it's Deshaun Watson. I think you're basically getting almost the same quarterback that you already have, which is Alex Smith in Deshaun Watson. So if that's the route you want to go, great. But I don't want to go that route. I'd rather sure up some defensive stuff, some edge things, some defensive line things. I don't know, even a corner. I mean, they could go a couple of options here. Uh, TJ Watt is an interesting one for me here. Do not do that. Bowser, Tyus Bowser is an interesting one here. But their guy, uh, the Texas linebacker, and I can't remember his name now, but he's, he always tears his Achilles, DJ, Derek Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's been there for a long time, man, in the inside linebacker spot, but I think they need a younger guy because Johnson just can't stay healthy. So at 27 for the Kansas City Chiefs, let me put in Zach Cunningham, linebacker out of Vanderbilt. He's long, lanky. I think he could stand up, put on a couple of pounds, but he moves well. He's athletic, and I think he, he fits the mold of, of today's day and age sort of linebacker. He's tall, he's lanky, he can move, and I think he can do multiple things. He's not incredibly physical, but... I think he's a good pick there for Kansas City. I love that pick for Kansas City. I love Zach Cunningham. I think he's one of the safest picks in this draft class. All right. Well, you're picking 28. This is the big time moment for you. America's team. Am I going to drum roll? Mr. Jerry Jones. Hey, I know you're a Houston guy. Can we get pepped up for the biggest pick in the first round of the draft year, number 28? I mean, depending on who your rooting interest is in. How about them Cowboys with the 28th pick? In the 2017 NFL Draft, the greatest football team on the planet, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. He's fallen right into our laps like little baby Moses floating down the Nile River. Come on home, TJ. TJ Watt from Wisconsin. Did you get you your war daddy? I got my war daddy. Mm -hmm. I got my war daddy. TJ Watt. I was thinking maybe you'd go Tim Williams. Get yourself a weed daddy. Oh, I love myself some weed daddies, but I'm not going Tim Williams. He does not deserve to go in the first round. That dude doesn't stay on the field enough for me. I'm going TJ Watt. I think he's just scratching the surface of his potential. He's only played a year at the position. I asked Kavanaugh. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Him and I, simpatico. No issues going from weak outside linebacker to hand on the ground defensive end. You look at his measurables. The dude can play right defensive end in this scheme. I'm going T.J. Watt, and I'm so happy on draft night. And now J.J. got his brother in the same state, the great state of Texas. They're just a few hours away from each other, T.J. and J.J. And I'm with you. I think it's a great pick. He, he's he's a good pass rusher, and I think he can set an edge. I think he could play defensive end. I think he could also play a little bit of Sam linebacker for you guys. I think he's got some versatility there. But he adds a lot of pass rushing. Way to go, Cowboys. Way to go, Jerry Jones. Way to go, Walchuk. Thank you. I love you. Picking number 29, and I'm the Green Bay Packers. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, man, do I want to get greedy and go get myself a little bit of a PR hit with uh, Joe Mixon, but he's probably the best running back in the draft. Put him next to Aaron Rodgers. Wow, that's scary. But they need some defense. They need some edge guys. They need some uh, – they, they could use even a corner. Kevin King, he's still on the board, is he not? He is. He is still on the board. So I'm a fan of his. 
That's where my I'm going to be going back and forth on, but I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers, and I say, listen, this is a deep defensive back class. A lot of good corners, a lot of good safeties. I can get one later. I'm going to go take my running back. I'm going to take Joe Mixon. I'm a, I'm a storied franchise in Green Bay. I think they'll be, and they're kind of secluded. They're not something. The media isn't crazy there. I think it's a good place to go have Mixon, pair him with Aaron Rodgers, and you got yourself some happy Packers fans. You do. Happy Green Bay fans. I love that pick. All of a sudden, the Packers might have the most dangerous offense in sports because Joe Mixon, well, in the NFL, Joe Mixon is a freaking savage at running back. You had him with Aaron Rodgers, who might be the best quarterback in the league talent-wise. Oh, my gosh. Get out the way. Not bad. So, 30. Mix, Mixon to the Packers. You have him in the first round. Sweet. I love it. 30, the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team I don't like. I know Babs is a Steelers fan for reasons unbeknownst to anybody on the planet. Turn this trap off. Mic off, all right? Turn it off. Who are you picking? You know what? At number 30, and maybe you think I'm giving him a slight. I don't think so because I think this team likes this player. And I think he can. I've already compared him to one of their old greats on the show. I think at 30, the Steelers take Jabril Peppers. I think they can do a lot of stuff with him. They need secondary help. If you use him right, he can be a Troy Polamalu guy. Polamalu wasn't the best coverage dude in the world, but all he did was fly around and make plays. Maybe they find a suitable role for Jabril Peppers on that defense. I think that's where the Steelers are going to go at 30. I think they'll be making a mistake, and I'm happy they're doing it. As long as the Dolphins aren't making that mistake, I am or the Cowboys. happy. Thank you. Yeah, 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 whatever. All right, pick 31, second to last pick in the first round of this year's NFL draft. I am the Atlanta Falcons, and... You know, the Falcons, they have themselves a hell of a roster, but they have a couple of holes. I think they could use offensive line. Unfortunately, all of the offensive linemen have gone now. There was a run on them because there's not much, and that's just the way it goes. So maybe they need to get a pass rusher, you know, to pair with Vic Beasley, maybe another defensive lineman. I look at Charles Harris here for the Falcons, and I'm like, dude, this is just a dream come true for them. I think he's exactly what they want. You have Charles Harris. You have Vic Beasley coming off the edge in that Atlanta defense. And Dan Quinn's got himself quite the duo there. So Charles Harris, pass rusher out of Missouri, SEC guy. He's going to the Falcons, and he's going to make some plays. I like that. I like that pick a lot. I think it's a good pick, and I like Charles Harris. I think he fits going to Atlanta. All right, Walsh, close us out here. Last pick Let's of the pick. draft. Also a trade. Yes. The uh, Patriots, just uh, about a month and a half ago, sent uh, this 32nd overall pick and a third-round pick to the Saints in exchange for the Saints' fourth-round pick and Brandon Cooks. And it's interesting that they would trade Brandon Cooks and then be in this spot, and a player by the name of John Ross is sitting there at 32. Yummy. And all I've heard is comparisons of John Ross to Brandon Cooks. Yummy. But who did we have New Orleans taking with their first first first-round pick? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. You made it. I did make the pick. Let me go look. Oh, yeah. That guy. Gary and Conley. Gary and Conley. So they went corner already. Yes. There's not necessarily a pass rusher here I'm in love with. Maybe Malik McDowell. Maybe they want to go quarterback. Maybe they're looking to groom Drew Groom Brees' successor and Deshaun Watson's in play. Since that's not the case, I think it's just ironically too perfect. You trade this pickup for Brandon Cooks. You get younger. You take a guy that's fallen to your laps. You already have a corner. There's not a pass rusher here I'm in love with. Let's go, John Ross. Come on and join the Saints. You get younger, cheaper, and believe it or not, you get faster. Shocking, but That's true. amazing. So we'll go John Ross to end the first round at pick 32 to the Saints. And that is your Nosebleed Seats annual mock draft here on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. I'm Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Giafalo and our producer, Bab. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that. Did you have fun, brother? Dude, that was sweet, man. Gosh, I want to be a general manager. I do, too. I feel like I just drafted the best players ever for these teams. Oh, man. They I, all get an A grade, don't I they? I wish we could just, like, individually call each team and say, hey, this is who we picked for you. Are you cool with it? They say yes. We send it into Philly. We know the selections already. We made them all. They came from here. The hub. KNTU Studios at the campus of the University of North Texas where no split seats records. But it'll soon be CBS Radio. Knox, Henderson, Fitzhugh, right off 75. You said it, my friend. Uh-huh. What a good freaking... Oh, man, we're just hours away from the actual draft, which is almost as good as the draft that you just heard live. Well, on demand, here with the Nosebleed Seats. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be celebrating all day. I'm not going to be able to think straight. I got a lot of things I got to get done in the next 48 hours, and I don't know if I'm going to get a single one of them done. I'm in pure draft mode. I've been chubbing for a week now, and it's only going to get to torqued over these next 48 hours. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's a freaking celebration, baby. And to wrap the show, I think I have found, I've scoured the internets, and I found the name to trump all sex sports names. All right. Well, what's our what's our guy right now? What's, what's the name of our, our leader here for the name that connotes sex the most uh, amongst all professional athletes of all time? What's his name? Pete Lecoq. Pete Lecoq. My man, Pete. Well, Pete Lecoq, scoot over, please, because Rusty Cunts oh. is in the house. <laughs> no way. Rusty Cunts. K-U-N-T-Z. Man. Yes. Where is uh, he? He sounds like he was a uh, European soccer player. Professional baseball player, an outfielder. Mm. Back in the heyday or what? Like back in the day day. Rusty Cunts. You have to literally hate your child. That's worse than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And it definitely beats his first name. It definitely beats hey, Pete Lecoq. His first name's Rusty, which is very traditional. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know that. how traditional I mean, Rusty it's, is. Uh, it's in the your South, parents dude. still hate you. If your name's Rusty, your parents hate you already. But when you combine that, when you sandwich Rusty with Cunts, that is a, the worst name well, ever. Well, you can't or the change best your last name, name being Cunts. Okay? That's not, that's not his fault. He was born this way, okay? As Gaga would say. But Rusty... That's bad. Yeah. Rusty Kunz was an outfielder for the White Sox, Twins, and Tigers from 1979 to 1985. What's his middle name? Is it Tromboner? I don't know. Okay. I don't have that. Eric, don't ask me questions. I don't know the answers to. You're just going to make me angry. I was just curious. I didn't know if you were looking at his birth certificate or not, if you had Rusty Kunz's middle name. No, Eric, I'm not that big of a creeper. Okay. All I I wanted was his middle name. Butter, 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 butter. Bab's got the uh, the butt hurt alert. Uh, uh, Walchick's got the butt hurt alert twice tonight. Man. I have, and that's cool with me. I'll be butt hurt all night long. I, it's it's physically impossible for me to be butt hurt on draft week unless the Dolphins pick Jabril Peppers at pick twenty two. Yeah, then uh, I'm gonna be sending some uh, welcome to your tapes to the Miami Dolphins. What'd you feel about Jabril Peppers <laughs> to the Steelers, Bab? You took too long to answer. All right, bad Mike sleeping. Off, bitch. Mike off. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. Let's go home. Shut it down. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you so much to Jeff Cavanaugh oh. from the G-Bag Nation, CBS Radio 105.3 The Fan, the true draft balls for joining us live at the Rangers game. That was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you liked the 13 Reasons Why discussion. Just bringing some awareness. You guys should check it out. Again, the Wonder Lake. I think we've determined it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid, Eric, right? Miles Garrett, 31. It's stupid, Johnny Eric. Johnny Football, 32. It's dumb. 
Nobody needs standardized testing like the Wonderlic Eric. Jeez. Whatever. And then the Nosebleed Seats annual mock draft. If you want to hear the rundown, just go back and listen to the show because I'm not going to read off the entire 32 first-round picks now. But you do know this. The Cowboys took TJ Watt at 28, and we're happy. Hooray, hooray. Thank you all. This has been a production of Nosebleed Seats Podcast. I'm Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Giafalo. Thank you so much to our producer, Bab, and our beautiful crew that was in here filming us. Yes. Hopefully, we'll have a documentary that's out on Netflix. Check it enough. out. Yeah, it'll compete with 13 <laughs> yeah. Reasons. How Nosebleed Seats came to be birth. Thank you very much, everybody. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Take care. Enjoy your draft weekend. Come poised. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.